Hello, everyone. And tonight on Attack of the Killer podcast, we're going to discuss... Shh, wait. What was that? Did you hear that? What was... What? 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 No, uh-uh. That was my intro to the episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Attention, planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer everybody, it's time for another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I'm your host, Insane Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi, everybody. Hi. This episode, we're going to be talking about phobias, because it is now October, everybody! Yay! Welcome to October! Woo! We made it! The greatest month of the year. Happy, happy Halloween. <laughs> and Oh yeah, Halloween's this month. And we're going to have... Four episodes for the month of, of October. It's awesome and exciting. So we're going to try to do our annual Halloween-themed style episodes, which gets harder and harder to come up with topics every year. I think we really blew our load that first year when we did um, all of the Halloween movies yeah. in two episodes. <laughs> so what's left to talk about in Halloween? Um, especially a horror movie podcast that talks about horror every episode, so... How can you make it special? So we're going to talk about phobias, like our phobias and movies related to phobias that affect us or other people's phobias or um, and, and define phobias and learn how to spell phobia. <laughs> and we're also going to get into um, some very special, special news that's going to probably take up a good chunk of the episode as well that we'll get into in a minute. But first, you know what time it is. It's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. This first person has a fear of going first, so we'll save him for last. John Sullivan, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, everybody. Yes, I, that is true, Mike. You are very true. This next person has claustrophobia. You know what that means. That's right, a fear of Klaus Kinski. Terry Turford, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get what that means. Klaus Kinsey is a really crazy, whacked out actor oh. who is known for being very troublesome. But I only picked him because um, I didn't want to go with the obvious, like fear of closets, fear of cl- claws, fear of Santa Claus. It's all been done. <laughs> but I really okay. think there's probably a legitimate reason to be fearful of Klaus Kinsey. So there you go. All right. I'll need yeah. to be scared of him now. That's true. Next up, this person has nomophobia. I know this <laughs> to be very, very true. It's the fear of losing cell phone contact. Jason Bollinger, everybody. It, I would. I don't know what would happen. I need it. <laughs> Gone forever. <laughs> and, and yes, that's a legitimate fear. I, I googled it. I assumed you did. And it's true. It's my connection. That's right. And lastly, after watching Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, he realizes he has lutrophobia, <laughs> and that's the fear of otters. Justin Neal. 
That's the nail, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> it's the fear of I, pronouncing people's names wrong. Yeah. That's what Insane Mike has. I, I actually have. You think um, I'd do this show? You think I'd be the host of the show if that was a legitimate fear of mine? I'd be so fucked. Anyway, I'm sorry, Dustin. I, <laughs> That's okay. I was just going to say I have, I have panophobia, which is the fear of everything, including you saying my name wrong. Oh, I thought it was the fear of pan and scan versus widescreen. That is oh. something to fear. That is something to truly be fearful. I'm That's looking the, that up right now. <laughs> I don't. Okay. I'll keep him busy for a while. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so um, there was a few things that we were starting to chat about uh, at the beginning of the episode, and I cut myself off every time because I wanted to save it for the show. I'm like, if we're going to talk about horror movies, we might as well get it recorded and pretend like we're actually doing something. So, um, Tusk opened last weekend, at least when we're recording. Well, yeah, it'll still be last weekend. Um, who's excited to see it, right? Yeah, I think it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks super cool. Yeah. I, I just saw another pseudo-trailer for it or whatever on on Facebook, and they have this really cool shot of um, Justin Long being strapped down to the table, and they they do. I wasn't sure if they were going to go for it in this movie, but the shot is him, like, missing the bottom half of his legs from the knees down. Mm-hmm. So, like, my, it, so it looks like it's going to get extreme in the movie. I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. Love that Justin Long kid. He's so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he is an extremely underrated actor, and I thought so, all, dating all the way back to Jeepers Creepers. I yeah. thought he was awesome. Are people not talking about him? Or giving him... I, well, I just think I think he's that good that he should be in everything. Oh. He's just got that reputation of being the Apple guy, you know, and those commercials, the PC and Mac commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And he hasn't done much lately, really, has he? Other than Tusk? Mm, good question. Yeah, he's done stuff. Well, yeah, I know he's done stuff, but I, haven't, I don't remember seeing him in anything... Extremely lately, anyway. I'm just saying. Yeah, there was. Yeah. I have a little bit of man love for for the guy, so. Especially after seeing his amazing mustache in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Any other movies anybody's looking forward to that's coming out or is out? Has anybody seen the anything for the new uh, Dracula Untold? Just all over the boxes at Walmart <laughs> on the horror movies. What? No, I haven't. I actually. saw a trailer for it and it looked pretty cool. Yeah. What, what is that? I think it's it's kind of a shows kind of like the origin of Dracula, where he came from and how he became what he was, and doesn't doesn't look too awful bad. The trailer was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen anything on that at all. I am stoked to see that they're doing a, an Annabelle movie, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the teaser on that looks really cool. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I, I mean, I hope it can hold up. I mean, because it's not James, it's not James Wan directing right. it, right? No, so, it's not. No, but he is. I think producing it. I'm so, sure. Yeah. So yeah. It, it'll probably still have his touches on it, but. I mean, I you know, because I, I think that's awesome that they're and 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 who all predicted that? Who all wanted that? Like after seeing 
after seeing um, the con <laughs> the Conjuring is like, I want to see a whole movie based on the doll, or I want to I want to <laughs> yes. see a whole a bunch of movies based on shit and that was in that room. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's awesome because they're. It looks like they can. They are thinking in that mindset and going in that direction. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, as soon as I walk out of the theater, I said that. I'm like, I need to see a movie on that doll just by itself. I mean, you can't show that much at the beginning of The Conjuring and be like, okay, we're done with that forever. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So those are the two biggies I'm looking forward to is Tusk and, and Annabelle. Uh, but we started talking before the show about Sacrament. You said that was on Netflix now. Yeah, it looked like it just came up. I added it to my queue. I'm... I'm ready to watch it. I, I've seen a very vague trailer of, you know, like the found footage stuff. It looks like it's got A.J. Bowen in it. and yeah. I, I, I like him. He's pretty good. And uh, But, yeah, I don't know. I, I like Ty West, and I think he's I think he's a, he's a hot and cold director by some of the fans out there. But I feel like the majority of what he has done is good. I mean, I enjoy it. Well, I mean, yeah, one out of, out of three films is... is is a good track record, right? Uh, House, House, House of the Devil is a good, is good. Excellent. Cabin Fever two, come on! You did a show on Cabin Fever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm saying I've seen I've seen the Cabin Fever two. I've seen the the Devil uh, House of the Devil, and I've seen uh, the Innkeepers. And uh, <laughs> and if this is anything. Uh, if the sacrament is anything like those first, those last two, then I'm gonna like the majority of what he does. So, <laughs> I, I um, and then I, I got to give him props for his work in the VHS movies as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you didn't care for his his segment in the first VHS. This is the segment where the the couple are in the hotel room, right? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, we'll see. It was a good moment of holy fuck. Yeah, I thought it was creepy as shit. There's a couple of those. I mean, I don't know. I thought it was funny that he's in Your Next, like as an actor. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like the boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's cool, I guess. I mean, he, he doesn't last very long. Spoiler. But, you know, it's interesting that he made that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a good movie, too, though. I liked, I liked yeah. Your Next a lot. Yeah, filmed in Columbia, Missouri. Was it really? Yeah, it sure was. Right off the golf course in a. Uh, no, I'm not kidding. It was uh, filmed right. You could see it from a certain spot on the golf course. I, I guess see you could see the house. Wherever Holy. the wherever the country club is, but what what made me realize that it was in Columbia was because I was watching the credits at the end, and it started. It mentioned Stevens College, and I'm like, wait a minute, I know there's a Stevens College in Columbia, and then at the very end, it said the town of Columbia, Missouri, or something like that. I was like, whoa, cool, wow, yep, Columbia, Missouri just got a little bit cooler. Yep, it did. It did. Um, but but uh, of Taiwan with the sacrament, like. I'm kind of I'm pretty stoked. Uh, I have definitely have mixed feelings on Ty West. I'm pretty stoked because all the reviews I've heard have been positive, and and this is coming from people who love Ty West, people who hate Ty West, people who love found footage, and people who hate found footage. So, and the the whole the whole concept of like this like the cult thing and all the brainwashing that goes on stuff. It's it's a fascinating uh, storyline that. Uh, 
doesn't get told too much nowadays. So yeah, it's it's just a frightening concept of yeah. something like that were to exist. Yeah, absolutely. And the and the no, and the effed up part is is stuff like that does exist. So yeah, that's what yeah. <laughs> makes it even all the more terrifying. <laughs> I have a new obsession, guys. I have a new thing that I'm really into. This is a I weekly am. event. What's new this week, buddy? <clears throat> so I have Jason's Roku in my office. I'm doing the quotation marks in the air uh-huh. for those for those of you man who cave in the man cave. Um, and I was searching for channels, and I found one called Bizarre TV. Freaking love it because it's, <laughs> it's it's a it's an actual channel. It's not like a, a Netflix thing or or uh, the full moon streaming thing or whatever where you you pick what you watch when you want to watch it. This is just like streaming twenty four. This is a channel that's streaming twenty four seven. So you just click on it, and you have to suffer through whatever's on it. And it's just chock full. It reminds me so much, Jason, if you remember yeah. how obsessed I was with the Monster Channel. Awesome. On the computer, you know, with all the horror movie hosts, and yeah. they, they showed all this public all these public domain movies and cartoons. This is just like it. So, and Which is awesome, because the Monster Channel completely changed everything with their site, and they don't do... They don't do it the way they used to do it anymore, um, so it's so I'm having a blast with it. It's pretty cool. Uh, I've left it on a couple nights. Wake up in the middle of the night and like Gates of Hell is playing. Like that's awesome, and, and so it it's it's pretty cool. And I just love it for its grittiness and it's obviously low budgetness and it just shows all these a bunch of public domain movies and public domain um, cartoons and and old commercials and. And it's just cheesy as hell, and I love it. It's so cool. Um, I got to see some, some good flicks on there, too. Interesting thing, though, Jason, again. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember Halloween-a-palooza, the first one? Mm-hmm. And we had the little film contest. Do you remember the movie Black Earth? Not by name. Okay, so it's the movie that... Um, I'm forgetting her name right now, and I, that, that's horrible. But Kathy, um, you know, she came down and did a zombie makeup demo. Oh yeah, Kathy King. Kathy King. Um, it was the movie that she did the zombie makeup for, and it was the two redneck guys that are going around killing zombies and stuff. Is that ringing mm-hmm. any, any bells? Yeah. Okay. That was on this channel. Wow. It was on Bizarre TV, so I'm like really, really intrigued now. And I may have to try to contact these guys. Probably should. Yeah. So, get some of our movies on Bizarre TV. So, that is that was a uh, very awful attempt of segueing to our first topic of the evening. Um, and the big news that we have. We are uh, getting ready for our big Halloween event. Our fifth annual Halloween Palooza. Halloween of Palooza yeah. 5! Yeah! That's right. In Ottumwa, Iowa on October 11th. So get your plane tickets now. Get your butts to Ottumwa because this is off the hook! It is so awesome and huge that I used the term off the hook. That's, just a, now. that's a big deal, guys. That's right. Why is it so off the hook, Mike? That's a great question, Jason. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, just well, if you like Halloween and horror-related everything, it's gonna be there. 
Like, right. like what, Terry? Like <laughs> me. I'll be uh, there. Oh, that'll be your birthday party. Enough. No. That's price of admission enough right there. There you go. Uh, but there's also going to be uh, some pretty awesome celebrities there. Like... <laughs> what? Who, Dustin? Celebrity guests! <laughs> like Linnea Quigley! Oh, awesome. Justin Beam! Justin Beam! Our very own! You know, that guy. guy. That one guy, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. And not to mention a film festival! Whoa, yay! <laughs> Get the zombie walk! Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what else? There wouldn't be a Halloween-a-palooza without a costume contest. Yay! Man, this thing has everything for sure. Oh, yeah. You know what it's missing? It's missing a zombie walk. (laughs) He said that. (laughs) It's missing live bands. Yeah, like... Okay, and I know what else it's missing. <laughs> what else, John? Just a minute, let me think. I know what it is. <laughs> the Rocky Horror Picture Show at midnight. Yeah, that's right. It's Rocky Horror Picture Show at midnight. Man, we are the worst. This is the best commercial. I'm going <laughs> to take this out and make a commercial. I'm just saying, this is this is not our promo reel for um, QVC. I'm just saying. <laughs> Because this is horrible. Halloween Palooza, yeah. Uh, it's going to be awesome. October 11th. And, man, with all that amazing stuff, it must cost like 50 bucks to get in, right? You might think that, Mike. But I, I just think that's different. That. Oh, yeah? Well, forty nine ninety nine. That's basically what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> and no, it's still not that. Oh, man. Is it, is so everyone three... turn the show off by now? Is this what's <laughs> happened? Um. All right, fine. Halloween Applause. Eh? Come and check it out. It's going to be awesome. What you should check out, though, is um, HalloweenApplause.prescribedfilms.com because all of that and more will be at that website. It's constantly updated and has everything. You mentioned the film festival, um, Jason. Then this episode, <laughs> this episode airs this Friday. Is that right? Or is it next no. Friday? October third. Oh, so the, so the submissions will be done by then. Yes. Okay. So never mind that. But if you have a film submitted in Halloween Palooza, you'll be finding out if your movie made it in soon. That's true. So there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, check it out. Is anybody anything anything else they have to say about Halloween Palooza? Well Yeah, there's also <laughs> gonna be a guy there tattooing. And there's going to be an awesome, awesome chef there making some amazing Cajun food all day long. And it's 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 just going to be fun because not only is it just going to be all of us there hanging out, but 
Well, I guess that is why it's so awesome. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why it's gone five years now, just because it's just our way of having a giant Halloween party. It's just our Halloween party. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? Attack of the Killer podcast is going to be there. So if you've that ever works. wanted to meet anybody from this podcast, I mean, essentially, we're all going to be there. I think almost everybody who's um, ever been a member of the Killer Podcast yeah. crew is going to be there. Yeah, even word that Joe's coming. Ooh, that was my that was my one maybe that was yeah. my one of like maybe not. Um, oh sweet so even <laughs> Joe. So if you ever wanted to meet Flyboy, he'll be there. If you wanted to ever meet me, I'll be there. If you ever wanted to meet Terry, she'll be there. Is he going to name all of us? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where this is going. If you ever wanted to be... I'll tell you another another reason uh, I'm excited about this is because it'll be the second time we've locally got to show our movie, Demonica, that we worked really hard on and most everyone here was in it. Um, But since the, the cast and crew premiere... It's the first time we're ever really having a public screening. It's been a while, and I'm really excited to watch it with a bunch of people again. Yeah. Because I really thought the movie turned out awesome. Yeah, so we're even showing a full feature film at Halloween Palooza, our very own Demonica. Wow. Mm -hmm. All in one day. It's amazing. There are horror conventions that don't even have this much content. That's true. That's Uh, true, Mike. That might be true, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's only because we never got to it uh, 10 bucks just 10 bucks guys come only on only 10 man. bucks to get in what about my kid Mike I got a kid he's like 12 <laughs> is he is he 12 or 12 and a half because 12 and under are free <laughs> well my imaginary kid I think is actually 11 I don't know well can he get in too sure <laughs> You can get in for free Yes, he's 11. Have your birth certificate ready. Oh, God. <laughs> or Dustin, we'll take your word for it, but yes. If Dustin shows up at this thing with some random kid. I know, won't that be hilarious? <laughs> it would be awesome. <laughs> okay, so you've talked about what we're going to see at Halloweenapalooza. We've talked about who's going to be at Halloweenapalooza. We've talked about... How much it costs to get into Halloween Palooza if you're over twelve, and <laughs> <laughs> so I want to hear about this brand new event T-shirt that's uh, been produced. Well, Jay, if, we, if we can talk about it, it's an exciting new T-shirt. I don't know if you guys have heard about T-shirts yet, but this T-shirt, <laughs> it's black and it has two colors on it: white and orange. And kick ass. It's, it's just of the event. If you've seen. And if you've been to the event page or to the website, you'll see it. It's just a picture of Linnea Quigley, and and we're just we're excited to have, you know, kind of a theme T-shirt this year. We only had T-shirts one year before of the other four, so it's exciting to have them again. And it's I think it's a really cool shirt. I can't wait to get one. And on me too. Me too. It's definitely a. a awesome shirt good job designing that jason thanks uh linnea did all the hard work but <laughs> just put it on a shirt 
So, obviously, we've added so many more components to our to Halloween Palooza that we've ever done in the past. But just uh, just real quick, curious for those of you who have attended Halloween Palooza in the past, what's been your favorite thing? Who is everyone else that's been on the show? Yes. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's 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 different every year. You know it's. Things change. I always thought Dustin's favorite part was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. (laughs) (laughs) If Mike's doing it, then yes, I love it. There isn't much of a better show on this planet than Mike doing Rocky Horror. That's true. That's true. And we talk Uh about it a lot, and it's it's something to behold. Uh huh. And I do like to be held. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. We're ready to move on? Yes. All right. So, phobias. We all have them, right? Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, I'm just curious on what phobias we do have. John, what what phobia do you have? Is this like real life phobias oh. or movie related type? Yeah, what's your real life phobias? <laughs> uh, do we have to talk about all of them? No. <laughs> Look, he's getting no. nervous just talking about one. Uh, well, it. I don't know. It just you know, even even thinking about them just just completely makes me go haywire but anyway oh let's see uh i don't particularly care for snakes a whole lot okay Uh, not uh, i'll rephrase that not at all um (laughs) (laughs) i don't i i did i did face my fear one time and and Somebody was holding one, and and I touched one just to face my fear, and that's wow. the last. That's the last time I'll ever do that. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, probably I'd say snakes and and heights. I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of heights. I can climb up the antenna on the side of my house to hang a hang a Christmas decoration, but I can't. I can't. Uh, that's yeah. If I if I can see the ground, you forget it. I went up in a plane. I've been up in a plane three times, just a little passenger plane. Once I was up there, I was fine. Even though I could look out and see how high up I was, I was fine. But it was the going up and seeing how how far I was leaving the ground was what would really freak me out. Huh. Yeah. Sounds scary. Yeah. It, well, it was for me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but so yes. that's... That's probably my two two biggest phobias. I got more, but that's my two biggest. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we'll get into them later on after I relax a little bit here. And <laughs> <laughs> Terry? Um, this is a hard one. I don't know what I'm like. I don't say... I mean, no. I'm scared of some things, but I don't know that I'd say I would have a phobia of them. That's like a crippling fear. Hmm. Um, but I guess like suffocating, that's a pretty big one. It kind of links to my, like, I, since I have asthma, it's oh. a little scary. I don't know 
I tried to look up what the name of that was, but it's just telling me like claustrophobia, and I don't have claustrophobia. I just that's not the same thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess general fears, like you know, dying or <laughs> <laughs> losing loved ones, like that sort of crap. But I don't know. I'll have to think about it. See if I can think of anything that really scares me. <clears throat> D town. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to think of an actual phobia, something I'm really afraid of that would you know cripple me. Um, you know, because it's different from movies in real life. But I mean, uh, definitely, I'm with John. I'm afraid of heights. Um, I can be in high spots, and I can I can be okay with it. Um. But it's just, it's, you're just, I'm terrified the entire time. Um, uh, water, I can't swim. So I've never been able to swim. And uh, I, I will panic. I, I'm like one of those people in a movie or a show that you see that are drowning and then they're, someone comes out to save them. And, and they're like dragging on the person to like, oh, keep me above the water. Like I would, that's like, that's, that panic is real. That, and that's what, <laughs> that's what I would do. Um, you know, fear of tight spaces. I mean, you know, and that's, that's kind of vague. I mean, I, I'm not scared of like, you know, like a, a tiny closet. Like if I was in a closet or, you know, getting something out and I got stuck in there, I wouldn't panic, you know, punching my hand through the goddamn wall. But like if I'm in like the size, the space of a casket and I can't get out, then I'm probably going to freak out a little bit more. But, uh-huh. you know, that's, you know, that that definitely, you know, the, the tighter the space, the more scary it is. But you know, there's some people who like can't even be in a room that's a certain size, and that's that's not me. Uh, it's more like you know, coffin. <laughs> yeah. So your 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 water swimming one. So I I knew you couldn't swim, but like, is that you don't swim because you're afraid of water, or you're afraid of water because you can't swim? Or, um, or are you actually a friend of water? I mean, being... Well, you know, it's 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 weird because <laughs> I've, I, I, I've gotten to, like, a deep end of a pool before. Uh-huh. And, I, and I've went down. And for some reason, you know, people were like, just tread water. And I'm like, sure. okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and for some reason, with me in the water, like... You know, people. I watch people, and they're like, you know, they're they're pushing away, you know, and they're flapping their feet. And I'm like, okay, that seems easy enough. I do that. I seriously, I sink like a goddamn anchor, and I don't know why. I, I guess you know, I don't know how. And I went down underneath the water before, and it's it's like it's the worst feeling in the world because you're panicking and your breath you you need to you need to breathe and i've swallowed a lot of water before and luckily a couple times that it's happened to me i've been close to friends that have you know pulled me above the water and then laughed at me afterwards those bastards but but, you know they like they literally saved my life um but i guess it's just the fear of not necessarily the water it's just not knowing how to swim and being in the water 
and you just, you so, just so you'll go in water, just shallow water, and yeah, hang yeah, out shallow. if you want. That's fine, but which is the worst fucking thing ever? Because <laughs> when you have friends who can uh, swim, and you just want to chill in the shallow water, like come on, come to uh, the yeah. we can swim, you can do it. No, you can't. Like you've been swimming your whole fucking life. I don't know how at all. I drown. That's what I do. I'm sorry. Yeah, we can you, talk about horror movies now. <laughs> I'm getting ex- anxiety right now. <laughs> me too. That's got me going now. <laughs> that sounds like a horror movie in itself. Yeah. Do they do they give swimming lessons for adults, or can you they, do that? Is they that do, but uh, I think you know they. It's probably like a laughing stock. So oh. I'm, it, I might be past it. I'm gonna have to be taught by you know people that know me. So, <laughs> oh, dang. Um, as far as me, uh, I, mine's just I have a fear of sweet potatoes. No, Whoa. I just don't what? like sweet potatoes. No, it's penguins. No, what? That's a pretend one. <laughs> I forgot about the penguins one. <laughs> That's weird. I, I knew I knew someone. The in penguins was an awesome. It was an awesome running. Hello. Hello. My what? Oh, you disappeared. You cut off right at the end there. You did. You did. What? I did. Yeah. Oh. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll listen to the episode and hear what Terry said then. Um. Well. Oh well, I stopped because you were talking. Yeah. Oh, I stopped because you were talking. <laughs> How about one of you talk? <laughs> oh, I, I, I was just going to say, I knew someone in college who had a legitimate fear of penguins. Like, huh. we would tease him all the time about it, and it was so mean. Like, we would just get stuffed penguins and shit and hide him in his room. And... <laughs> now, see, why, why does that have to happen? You know I he's know. scared of it. You know that. Yeah. Him. It's like me swimming. Come on, deep in. Oh, here's fucking <laughs> penguins. <laughs> Dustin, has anybody ever set glasses of water around your apartment or anything like that? Uh, I'm not afraid of the water. I'm just afraid of drowning in, in yeah. the water. So, like that one time we were in my car and it flooded. Seriously? That was a panic moment. Because water's flowing in through your doorways. Yeah. And... Ugh. Yeah. Well, mine, mine was just a joke, because, like, there, I don't know, when we were younger, there was just everyone had this weird fear of something, and, like, Mike with bats, or whatever, so I was just like, um, and, and at the time, there was this, uh, commercial for a beer, what was it? No, it was a commercial for a candy bar or something, like, oh, I just, there's like a little a, penguin. Peanut butter and chocolate kind of candy, but it wasn't Reese's peanut butter cup, but it was, like. Something oh, like that. I anyway, beer, but there's that little no, penguin that goes. There was B two B two. Yep, that was Bud Light. Yeah, Bud Light. Oh, was it beer? All right. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think I just I just need some chocolate then. Yeah. Um. So that was on, and it kind of you know it was kind of scary. So I was like, oh, I'm afraid of penguins. And then, so it was, but like people are like, exactly what you said, Terry. People, I had. A box full of fucking penguins, especially Spooty, would just get me penguin <laughs> shit constantly. <laughs> I have a giant box full of stupid penguin shit, and I'm not even actually scared of penguins, but they all still got me shit like they would if I was afraid of something, because that's what people do. Like, yeah, hey, just didn't this. want you to forget you were afraid of this. 
Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yep. Assholes. That's right. Yes. That's why I'm stating right now I am scared of a million dollars. I got a trick for you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> But Mike, what about you? Oh yeah, we said bats. Bats. Um, Biggest fan of Batman I'm, ever. Yeah, I'm very, I'm a very conflicted person. I love horror movies. My favorite superhero is Batman, but I freaking hate bats with a passion. They scare the shit out of me. I don't. No, no, they're evil. They're evil. If God did not intend us to fly without feathers or jet propulsion. So, they're evil spawn. <laughs> but the, my thing is, it's like I don't have any like I don't really think of any of my like fears of anything of, of pure phobia that just the mere thought of it causes me to freak out or panic or anything. I mean, I think anything that I'm afraid of, I've had to face um, straight on many times in my life, uh, especially the damn bats thing. God damn it, that's the worst thing ever. Having to do with a freaking bat. Okay, so like here's my um here's my my, my stupid human story um, of dealing with a bat. So lived in this apartment uh, one time with the with uh, with my girlfriend and and she was coming home she got home like really late, I think, from work or something. And I hear her, and we lived in the upstairs. It was like an it was like an old house that was converted into like a couple of apartments, and so uh, we had the upstairs apartment. And the way to get into our apartment was a, was a was a side stairway of the of the um, of the building. And I hear her yelling out. I hear her yelling up at one of the windows. I was asleep, and she woke me up, and I'm like, I'm like, why are you yelling? It's like two in the morning. Why are you yelling? And I couldn't hear what she was saying. And I was I was pissed. And so I go I go to run down there and, and, and yell at her. And I open the door to the stairwell and they're flapping around like he owns the freaking place. It's a goddamn bat. And I shut the door and I'm like, oh shit. So I went to the window. I'm like, well, enjoy sleeping in your car. Um <laughs> But I was like, all right, fine, I'll deal with it. And it was like straight out of a freaking movie, um, some some goofball comedy, where I took, I put on like a pair of sweatpants, I um, wrapped my arms in towels, I put gloves on, I wrapped a, you know, like a towel around my head so the bat wouldn't get in my hair, and put like a, I mean, I like was all full geared up and ready to, to deal with this thing, and I had my broom. And I open the door, and there's the bat. I swing at it, and I knock it to I knock it to the ground. And you know, us being horror movie fans, we've watched horror movies for years. And what's always the one thing that uh, truly annoys us about the characters in a horror movie? And that's when the monster, or the maniac, looks like it's been defeated. It's knocked down. You think it's dead. <laughs> and what's the what's the protagonist do that creeps up on it slowly to make sure it's dead? And you're yelling at the screen, Why are you a freaking idiot? Get out of there. Nobody in their right mind would creep up on the dead body like that. Well, I found out that, yeah, you do. Because that's what I did. 
I creeped up on this bat slowly, laying there lifeless on the ground, expect you know, just to make sure it was dead. And the thing flips around and does <laughs> right in my face and just shoots straight to my face. And I jump back into the apartment and slam the door and lock it. This whole event probably took about an hour finally getting this bat out of there. So yeah, that's um, I get really stupid when I deal with bats. Another time we had a bat in our basement that I had to deal with. And I had it trapped underneath a pile of dirty laundry. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get this bat from underneath the dirty laundry outside? I'm like, well, i got to I got to trap it in something where I can move it and get it out of the house. What I have around me in my laundry room area that I can, that I can trap it? You know, like, a, like a cage or something. Oh, this laundry basket would work. No, it's a bat. It's going to climb through those little freaking holes on a laundry basket, right? But no, my genius brain, you know, is like, oh, no, this will work. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> so, yeah, I hate bats. They're, they scare the crap out of me. They're just not right. There's nothing worse than, like, if you have bats in your house and they get into the walls and it's in the middle of the night and just hear that scratching noise within the walls of them scurrying around through the walls. Oh, jeez. God, I hate that. Floss many asleep to that crap. But I'm also with you, Dustin. I I, I, don't, I don't have a fear of water, but I don't swim either. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. And for me, the thought, the thought of drowning, the thought of um, asphyxiation... Um, to me, is like the worst way to go. That's the worst yeah. death. Like I'll, I'll never, never travel in space because I'm in fear of getting outside of the of the spaceship and um, suffocating. Or, <laughs> you know, I'll never go in a submarine thinking that uh, I'll I'll end up, you know, drowning. That's the worst death, man. Not being yeah. able to breathe. <sighs> Agreed. And I think for me, it's like a kind of a control thing. I don't feel if I don't have control of my surroundings, um, then uh, then that's that's when things you know I, I start getting kind of freaked out because because same thing with like closed in spaces as well. Um, I don't really think of myself as claustrophobic, but if I can't like if I'm in a tighten up space that I can't maneuver around fully, like moving my arms and um, or, or what have you, then that's when I start hitting the panic mode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think what, that's probably like 90% of phobias is, you know, the control issue is not being in control and not being able to prevent something like, like what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have so, gosh, we could go all day about phobias. I can't be on roller coasters. I hate to fucking fly. I mean, it's just... Ugh, man. Like I said, I got panophobia. I'm pretty much scared of everything. I thought... I never knew... You know, um, when I started flying, gosh, been, I've flown so much now, but I was always... My biggest fear when it came to flying was the thought of, like, am I going to be afraid of flying when I first fly on a plane? Um, and then <laughs> I got over... I got over that super quick, and I, I love to fly. Now, airports, on the other hand, I think I have more of a fear of airports than I do the actual flying. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Airports are the worst places on the planet. <laughs> I, I also hate needles. 
Are you a fainter of needles? Again, again, I think I think a lot of my fear stems from if I truly indulge in this, am I going to, you know, am I going to be truly one of those ty- one of those types of people? Because I've never fainted from needles, but I don't look in fear of that I might faint from from what I'm watching, from blood being drawn or whatever. Right. Okay. Like I get blood drawn at least once a year, and I always purposely look away. And again, it's not like it's not like I know I'm gonna faint. And I think it's the fear of like that I might faint. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it's gonna happen or not. So I'm just gonna avoid it altogether and just look away every time. So did you hate that scene in Saw Two? Oh God, yes. Oh uh, yeah, that hate, one was a little gross. Hated, hated and loved it because that was like super nasty and all i could think about is like okay how many diseases does she have now <laughs> they were sterile oh okay in that house <laughs> i guess that kind of made me think of something that else that scares me i'm i'm mildly scared of just hospitals in general like oh yeah this the sterile environment and i don't know they're just creepy i hate them i don't go to them often (laughs) i think i have fear of um having an operation because i've never i've i've personally i haven't been in the hospital since i was born for something for myself i mean obviously i've been in the hospital visiting people but i've never had a broken limb i've never had my tonsils out Never yeah, experienced I'm, any of that stuff. I'm the same way. Like, the first time I had to go to the hospital since I was born was, like, a year or so ago when I had to get stitches in a finger. That was terrifying. I almost passed out. <laughs> it was so stupid. Mm. I th- what I fear is, like, if I ever have to have an operation for something, my fear is, like, like I'm going to be have so much anxiety that they, there would not be enough drugs in the world to make me pass out and I'd have to be awake through the operation or waking up during the operation I've heard of that before of somebody waking up during their operation I've heard of that and I've also heard about people like it gives you like you know two different types of gases one to put you to sleep and one to make you you know not feel anything I guess and and there's I don't know. Maybe it's just urban legend, where I've I've heard that they've they've done it where they just gave you the gas to fall asleep, but they were asleep and could feel everything, but just couldn't wake oh. up to tell them. <laughs> oh no! I, I I've always thought like, especially now I now that I'm of age to qualify for this kind of thing, but like I think it would be awesome to have LASIK surgery, but I'll never get yeah. it done. Because you will, ha- you have to be awake through that, right? You you're, do. Yep. You're watching them burn part of your eyeball off. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. I've refused to wear contacts because I don't like the idea of sticking something in my eye, let alone a freaking laser, a shark with lasers, freaking lasers attached to it. That's okay. They give you a teddy bear to, to strangle while they're doing it. Oh my god! Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. No, forget that. They give you a bat just because it's you. Stuff bat. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's, that's horrible. 
<laughs> so, since this is a horror movie podcast, we should probably kind of combine our phobias or each other's phobias or other people's phobias with movies or scenes for movies. And I definitely want to start one off. This one, um, is, this is the first one I thought of. It's a scene, a scene from a particular movie. It's the first one I thought of when I came up with this topic. And this is also a dedication to you, Dustin. Have you ever seen, Dustin, have you ever seen Dario Argento's Inferno? No, I haven't. From 19... It's it's awesome. I was re-watching it uh, mostly in particular. Uh, I was watching it today mostly for the scene that I'm about to talk about, but I forgot how awesome this movie is. And it, it may even surpass Suspiria in my book. It is It is really good and a very underrated Dario Argento film. Uh, it's from 1980, and it's like the second in the um, Mother of Tears trilogy, uh, the unofficial trilogy, which starts with Suspiria from 77, and it ends with uh, Mother of Tears from 2007. And so Inferno is kind of is kind of the middle ground, which, you know, it all takes, it's all about, like, witches and covens and, and stuff like that. The scene in particular... Uh, it happens right away at the beginning of the movie, and like this this woman is is looking for these keys, and she reads in this book, and I think it has to it ties into the to Mother of Tears and the, and the witches, and she's looking for these keys, and it says it tells her to that to go find the keys in the uh, in the cellar um, of this. I think it's like it was like supposed to be an old hotel or something like that, and so she goes in the cell and she finds she finds the keys and. As she's looking around, she finds this hole, this small little hole in the floor that's just, like, wide enough for her to slip through. And through the hole, under, you know, through the hole underneath, it looks like it may have been, just from the environment, it looks like it may have been, like, an old ballroom or whatever. But, but it's completely submerged in water, like, all the way to the top of this hole. And she's looking down into this hole when she drops the keys into the water. And so first, and it kind of catches on something that's that's hanging within maybe like arm's length within the water. So she reaches her hand down in there, but she can't quite reach it. So she's so you know what she do? She kicks her shoes off and she jumps into the water to go get these keys. And being in mind also too, I mean, it, it's all it's all dark and spooky and stuff and and everything. So she goes down in, into there and it looks like it's like caught on some like chandelier or something that's that's in the water. And she grabs the keys and she ends up dropping them again all the way to the bottom of this room that's completely submerged in water. So she's swimming down and she's kind of looking around. She's trying to look for the keys and stuff. And she gets to the bottom and as she grabs the keys, a dead a dead decomposed body floats by and, and bumps into her, scaring the hell out of her. So she goes to get out of there, and the whole time this dead body's, like, bobbing, like, really close to her, and every time she tries to get away, it just kind of, like, floats towards her and everything. So she, so in a panic, she swims back up to the top, forgetting where the hole was that she swam through. And it's like one of those moments in like you see in movies or a TV show or whatever where somebody's on like a pond 
that's frozen over and they fall through the ice, but then the, the hole like freezes back over. That's scary as shit. So this whole time she's like beating on the ceiling trying to find the hole that she swam through in the first place. Like that's to me that's completely and utterly terrifying. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're probably holding your breath as you're watching it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not a it's not a long moment before she finds that hole again, but it's it's definitely enough to especially if you have that kind of fear to um freak you out um but definitely man you need to check out inferno it definitely has a lot of the the lot of similarities to suspiria as far as it has a lot of the cool lighting that dario argento back did back in those days with a lot of red gels and blue gels and and reading up on the movie again here recently too i learned that mario bava did a lot of a lot of work on the film he helped out with uh, some of the directing and and you know, to help do some of the special effects and stuff. So it's like, it's like a double whammy: Dario Argento and Mario Bava. So you definitely need to check out Inferno, man. I will. I'm gonna. <clears throat> so Terry, what about you? What would what, what's a what's a moment in a movie or a particular movie that uh, sends chills up and down your spine? It taps into some of those fears for you. Uh, well, I mean, I was talking about how uh, I have the fear of suffocating as well. Like, it's awful. So, I know we've touched on it before, but basically anything involved that involves, like, being buried alive. Mm-hmm. Um, not cool. Like so the movie Buried? Yeah, like that entire movie. It. Yeah. It's so good, but it's it's hard to watch. <laughs> um, I agree, absolutely. I mean, and talking about movies, I guess I have more fears when it comes to movies as opposed to, like, real life. Like, possessed dolls has always been a big one of mine. Cool. Um, I remember watching um, some of the, sm- the uh, Puppet Master movies when I was younger. And now looking back at them they're really not scary but for some reason i was just terrified of them like the fucking uh leech one the the woman who like barfs oh, yeah, at leech one. <laughs> uh, i don't uh, not mm-mm. and all of, like the <laughs> the uh like the child's play movies and i i just not a big fan of dolls. I didn't really keep a lot of dolls when I was younger. Like I had, I had some Barbies, but they like stayed in their cases and they were like locked up, so I didn't have to like look at them in the shadows in my room at night because I was terrified of them secretly. I don't know. Um, so any doll movies, pretty much. Oh, and the the Jester one. That one always creeped my shit. The mm-hmm. The one that has the face in, like, the three sections and turns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Creepy. The Puppet Master movie... And now, obviously, I saw the Puppet Master movies much later in age than you probably did, but uh, they never really seemed to bother me because there was no there was no connection to reality. I, You know, it wasn't like these are dolls that I am familiar with growing up with. So for me, it was right. more of stuff like ventriloquist dummies and stuff like that. Yeah, see, and, that is, and those don't really bother me that much. Really? Well, here's another thing where I'm... 
extremely conflict, uh, conflicted personality that uh, I used to used to be obsessed with puppetry um, in grade school for for a period of time, and I had a I had a small collection of puppets and um, ventriloquist dummies, and and oddly enough, and like my my imaginary best friend when I was a kid was my my favorite uh, ventriloquist dummy, who oddly enough his name was Simon. Um, now he's a real boy. Now he's a real boy. I'm Geppetto. Nice. No. Uh, Extreme. But as much as as much as I loved that that um, ventriloquist dummy, he had to be put away at night, like in the closet or in a drawer somewhere. He could not be sitting out watching me sleep. No, it couldn't happen. And I would see catch things on TV. And I used to be scared of everything when I was a kid. So I'd catch things on tv like the the trailer for a commercial for the movie um, magic which has a creepy ass ventriloquist dummy doll in it um and that as soon as i saw that i'm like i'm i'm done you know and my ventriloquist dummy has to stay in the closet now this isn't gonna happen or when i first saw poultry guys it was the same thing like nope nope no puppets are being left out at nighttime it's not gonna happen so I guess I was always more scared of like the uh, like the porcelain dolls, like Annabelle. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If yeah, you are. you're gonna I will, watch it. Come I will. On. But someone may have to hold my hand. <laughs> I don't know. I guess just those are more reminiscent of of dolls I would have had growing up. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that makes it more brings it closer to home I guess gross totally uh, what about you John um, is there a particular <laughs> horror movie scene uh, you're going to make me do this aren't you Mike yeah, that's right. uh, don't make me do it come on man don't make me do this <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh uh, let's see. Yes, I've got one. Um, uh, please, man, don't make me do this. I beg you, man, don't make me do this. Uh, uh, okay, um, I'm going to... You're not scared of corn, are you? Is that what you're going to tell uh, us right now? Uh, <laughs> no, I think, really okay. big... <laughs> I think I'm okay with the corn part now. Okay, that's, now, that's good. Now, homicidal children may be a different story, but... <laughs> But, uh, no, no, we're, we're, corn's good. Corn's good. I like corn. Um, no, this is something different. Um, <laughs> what's he going to say? Uh, okay, I'm going to have to go with a movie. If anybody has been a big Battlestar Galactica fan from the 70s, they remember us, the guy that played Starbuck, Dirk Benedict. He was in a movie called, and... It didn't have a big, the title wasn't very big, but it scared the living crap out of me. It was called Oh, and it yeah. Was about, and it was about snakes. Uh, there's one scene in the movie where uh, the, 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 the guy that is kind of like a, um, he kind of runs kind of like a, uh, he's kind of like a snake doctor or something or a snake, uh, he studies snakes. This this older guy does, and Dirk Bennett, the Dirk Benedict character, comes and starts working with him and and the guy's daughter. 
Well, there's one scene where I forget. There's a they 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 have where where people can come and and like and like take a tour of their of their snake farm or whatever, and they can they can watch like the the doctor guy. He'll um he'll like wrangle like cobras and stuff, and he'll like get them to you know calm down, and he'll by by looking at him and stuff. And there's one guy, I forget what happens, there's a guy that shoots one that was like, that the doctor considered his friend. It was a snake that the doctor, it was an old snake, and he considered the snake, you know, you know, a pal or whatever, you know, <laughs> crazy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he uh, the, this guy, I forget what happens, the guy finds the snake or something, or he thinks the snake is going to hurt him. He shoots the snake and kills it. Well... So the doctor knows where the guy lives and while the guy is taking a shower he releases a snake into the shower <laughs> into the shower and 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 the thing it's it's not a very big snake thank god but it it like it is a venomous snake and it like he slides it into the shower with the guy while he's taking a shower and it starts to starts to bite him on the legs and stuff and Oh, it's, it's just, it's, it, I, I'm not going to talk about it anymore, but it, it's, it's really, really freaky. And, uh, and it, it's like one of the, to me, one of the, to me, it was one of the scariest moments. I mean, that's just, a. I, I'm always looking at the, when I'm taking a shower, looking down to see if there's anything in there with me. I, ever since that moment, I mean, it's that, that even scares me more than the psycho sh shower scene. I mean, I, Heck, you know, somebody comes at me with a knife. At least I can block that, you know. But looking down and seeing a, oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, <laughs> thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Anybody fear of the spiders? Is there fear of spiders in this group? Nope. No. Unless they're on me. But if I see yeah. a spider, I don't flip shit. Yeah. <laughs> One of my they're thoughts. They're like good for the environment and shit. And people say the same thing about bats, and I don't believe that shit. <laughs> um, I don't have a fear. Of, I don't have a fear of spiders, but like nothing in this world is greater than watching the movie Arachnophobia with somebody who has arachnophobia. <laughs> Like really, that movie's pretty. That movie to like a to like a horror, uh, jaded horror movie fan. I mean, it's extremely tame, right? Oh yeah. I haven't I haven't watched it in forever, but uh, it it definitely feels more like a comedy than it does like a like a horror film. But man, they tap into something for like people. And what's awesome is I remember seeing this in the theater with a friend of mine who is definitely afraid of spiders, and not only watching him was a treat. But, like, the crowd itself, like, there was moments in the movie I, I literally turned around and just watched the crowd's reaction rather than the movie. Because that was a hell of a lot more entertaining than, than the movie itself. Not saying the movie isn't good. I really like the movie, but uh, it, that was definitely a fun experience watching people just freak out over, over the spiders in that movie. Jason, what about you, sir? Well, I've been trying to think about it for a while, and I think mine is along the lines of some stuff Terry was saying, but 
when as far as it's not, maybe it's not so much small spaces because even though I mean the descent gives you the heebie-jeebies when they're crawling through the you know those little tunnels but I think for me my biggest my biggest uh, scariness is drowning and I'm almost positive that it's because I watched the movie The Abyss way early in my movie watching career <laughs> So it's a career, and uh, <laughs> just doesn't pay very well. But uh, the yeah, man, I remember watching that movie, and I've been wanting to watch it again, but I'm just scared. But I loved it. Just just that classic scene of you know the water rising up, and there's just inches left of air at the ceiling, and you just get your mouth up there, and you just oh my god, fucking ugh. That is definitely a great cinematic moment, it's like one of those Hitchcockian style um, things where you you know, like the the audience knows the impending doom and it's that anticipation and that build up and the and obviously the characters know the impending doom like, and and I don't think the I don't think anything tells it better than like when the room is filling up with water or like something. Something is filling up the area where you can't, to the point where you're not going to be able to breathe anymore. And Dark Knight of the Scarecrow is one that freaked me out as a child. Watching oh, yeah. that guy, watching that guy drown in his own corn silo, mm-hmm. freaked me out as a kid. Man, such a good scene. And um, I mean, it's that single scene that left that left a whole you know mark in my brain of that movie for decades. When I thought like. To the point where I thought I dreamed it because nobody, nobody knew of this movie. It like disappeared off the face of the earth forever before it got rediscovered for DVD and stuff. But oh, yeah, that guy drowning in the corn silo—that's just messed up. Yeah, but water—it's scarier. <laughs> Mine's scarier than yours. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of other water ones. I was trying to think of water drowning ones, and I couldn't think of a whole lot. The Abyss is a good one. Can they think of any other really good drowning drowning moments? Um, Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. The Perfect Storm. Yeah. Okay. Um, the the Poseidon Adventure, but actually the newer one with Kurt... I'm sorry, Jason. Kurt Russell. Um, the... Uh, part where he goes back under the water to release the thing so they can get out and he knows he's not going to survive and he goes back under there and and as he's trying to release the thing he's running out of air and you see him gasping and because he has no air and he's just like keeps gasping and he finally on his last gasp he releases the lever and turns the light to from whatever color to whatever color to open yeah. the gate or open the thing and and you just see him take that last gasp and you know he's just sucking in water and it's like oh man What's what's great about the Poseidon adventure? I think it was. I think it's that one. What's that again? The Poseidon adventure. The that was that was the one. The new right because like the boat yeah. gets turned upside down. Yeah. So yeah, right. Because the boat. What's what's great? What's great about stuff like that um, is that like you're drowning and your instinct is to swim to the top, but. In situations like that, which way is the top? 
Mm-hmm. What movie is it where like, oh man, was it, was it? I want to say it's Dead Snow. Is that right? Where there's talk about there's dialogue earlier in the film about getting buried in an avalanche, and the biggest fear um, of that is like you, what you think is up is actually down once you're buried, and so your instinct to to dig your way out going up you're actually digging your way down because you get tossed and turned in the avalanche i want to is it dead snow that had that moment oh man i don't remember what dustin i was i was gonna agree i think it's it's something like that They, they they talk about it briefly and then I don't know if it does it really happen in the movie though, like that does an avalanche happen and kind of sorta, but it wasn't executed to the same level as the way that they described it. Right, like the setup to it, the setup to it sounded amazing. Like if this happens in the movie, it's gonna freak me the hell out, you know. Um, but uh, but it wasn't executed the same way, you know, because obviously we're talking about dead snow. I mean, it's just just a, you know, it's a Nazi zombie movie in in the snow. I mean. It's nothing. It's not intended <laughs> for like to tap into your phobias and fears, but yeah. But that whole idea like really captivated my imagination of of you know. I guess that would be true, right? If you got caught in an avalanche like that and you were buried in the snow, you, you know, if you were digging what you think is up, you could actually be digging down, just burying yourself deeper. Yeah, I I, I think you would probably die. Again, you would be drowning in snow. I mean, you wouldn't have any fresh air and carbon monoxide, which is, I mean, you would eventually just just die of no oxygen in a way, being even in the snow, even if you were digging. Yeah. If, if you yeah. could move. I mean, from what I understand, it's like sometimes it's being in concrete. Yeah, probably, you would think, yeah. Man. You know, so drowning's one thing. Um, obviously, it's it. What what also makes it suck is that it's it's a little bit more of a prolonged death. But um, I think Terry, you brought it up as far as being as far as being buried alive. Mm-hmm. That takes the whole suffocation thing and really prolonging it. And we talked mm-hmm. about buried. But has anybody ever seen um, Gates of Hell? Lucio Fulci's movie Gates of Hell, aka City of the Living Dead. Oh man, what well, was an awesome buried alive moment in that movie, where a woman is buried. They think she's dead, and so she's buried in a coffin in the cemetery, and she wakes up, and just uh, you know she's like clawing, trying, clawing, trying to get out, but she obviously can't get out. She doesn't have a lot of lot of room to move and she's screaming and the greatest the greatest most intense moment of that whole thing is as she's screaming and she's pounding and stuff and then all of a sudden she her mouth is wide open but she just becomes like deadly silent and you're like oh shit that was the last breath but then she comes to and starts uh freaking out again <laughs> Another, I think one of the worst ways to suffocate, though, now that I think about it, would be like from like smoke inhalation, like just suffocating from the smoke and then being burnt to death from like a fire. That would be the worst 
possibly ever. Because I hate being hot as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I guess I wouldn't be alive for the burning if I already suffocated. But just knowing, I don't know. <laughs> that would suck. No, I could... That would definitely suck. That would be a horrible death. Um, I'm, I don't think I would be as, as fearful of it as I am saying drowning and what have you. Because there's definitely a little bit more of a... I know... I, I would know what uh, drowning could almost seem like. But burning to death, I have no frame of reference. Right, right. And it also, I mean, yes. If you were stuck in that situation to the point where... Or you would like die from smoke inhalation and burn to death and all that stuff. You're obviously um, in an environment you can't control, but to me, it seems like it would be easier to get out of that scenario than, say, drowning or being buried alive or whatever. Right. What other movies out there freak you out? I have one. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, this weekend I was making, uh, I was making Jason watch video game <laughs> playthroughs. And, uh, it was, it was so, so much torture. <laughs> and, uh, we watched the, there's a new game coming out called Alien Isolation. And, uh, it's a real, it's, it's a throwback to the first Alien. It, it takes place, you know, you're like Sigourney Weaver's daughter in the game. But, it tapped on a fear that I didn't know I had because I, I haven't watched Alien in a long time and I used to be a huge fan of the series but in the game they go uh, you can you're trying to get away from one alien and you have to hide and duck behind things and you can't be seen and you have the option to going into like those those vents um, in that are almost identical to the first movie. If you remember the first movie, the alien is in the vents, and Ripley's um, boyfriend or husband in the movie has to go in there with a flamethrower to try to fish it out. But you remember those entryways for them? They were like these metal um, irises, in a way, that opened and closed, uh, you know, to a tiny hole, you know, and, you know, to a large hole to where you could go inside of it. I don't know if any of you guys remember that part or not. It was they were like metal and they were frightening and uh, being in a. Well, anyway, it, it made me remember that in that whole entire scene where he's being stalked by the alien in this dark, tight <laughs> vent area to where you know he's he's not very mobile. He's pretty much crawling, and he can't see anything, um, you know. And, and on top of that, being hunted. So, I mean, just uh, being that enclosed uh, with the dark, um, with something, is enough to just, you know, make just to drive you nuts for me. Yeah, for sure, totally. And you guys have fear of the dark. Oh, I think I, I, yeah, I think I think I do. I think it just depends on the situation. Like if I'm, yeah. if I'm walking into my house at night, then no. But like if I'm walking into somebody else's house or a dark alley or something, then yeah, I think everybody's afraid of the dark. Yeah, and in one form or another, yeah, I like to try to get myself psyched out, freak myself out. 
like walking into like a like a dark bathroom and not turning the light on. <laughs> I would mostly be scared that I'd like miss the toilet or something in that situation. I wouldn't be scared of the dark necessarily. <laughs> not that I can miss the toilet, but you I mean you would you know. Because you pee standing up. Oh. <laughs> oh. And, and that water's cold and deep, right? Right, Jason? That's right. My similar one And then one turn is, the light. Oh. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. I was changing it. You were continuing it. Go ahead. When you turn the no, light on. it was on. just a dumb joke. Please go. Oh, okay. Uh, my similar afraid uh, of the Dark... Uh, one is I actually I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of uh, I'm afraid of going to haunted houses with my friends. <laughs> that's not a legitimate fear either. You would love it, <laughs> but it's scary and dark. Then that's why it's fun. <laughs> it is <laughs> for you guys to laugh at me. Why do people laugh when you're freaking out, Dustin? So yeah, that's cool. Know. Yeah, I don't call those people friends. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I'm scared of being out in, like, being in public places that are dark and, like, like, when I'm by myself. Like, for example, I only live about a block away from my place of employment. And yet, knowing that I got off when it was dark tonight i still took my car because just that one block walk even though it's actually decently lit nope i can't i like freak out internally the entire time cannot do it probably different for a lady have i ever told you talking about you guys i know (laughs) (laughs) anyway Ever told you guys my story about watching the movie Fire in the Sky? Yeah, you the said you watched theater. it at the theater, and yep. then you had to walk home. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I had myself, I had myself so psyched up that like uh, that it was just the most scariest walk home ever. It was like dead silent out, and like it just kept watching the skies, waiting to get abducted. It was fun. It was fun being all freaked out. <laughs> Such a good time. I have a funny story from when I was a kid and being scared of darkness and things. If you want to hear it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, it was the night before Christmas. Uh, Wait, I've heard this story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And all through the house. Right, right, right. Okay, but... It, it was. It was Christmas Eve, and I woke up in the middle of the night because I, I needed to get a drink of water or something. I don't know. I, I was, like, really, really young. But I went downstairs, and I looked out the front window, and I swore that I saw Santa Claus. And I freaked Aww. the fuck out. And I went, <laughs> I ran to our laundry room. And I, like, hid in a dirty pile of clothes, like, covered myself up with dirty clothes and hid for, it had to be for at least an hour. Like, I did not move. No one else was awake. Everyone else was in bed. And then, eventually, I got up the courage 
I'm like, okay, I have to go back to bed. It's just, it's got to happen. I can't sleep here in these dirty clothes. So, I go go back, and I look out the window again, and it turns out that <laughs> my, my stepdad at the time, he had a red and white striped pickup truck, and they happened to pull it up toward the front door because apparently there was something they were unloading for to put under the tree. So I saw the stripes and thought it was Santa Claus. <laughs> but it was just the pickup truck. <laughs> oh my goodness. The most adorable thing I've ever heard. Ah, whatever. <laughs> but I mean, I, I do that a lot. I like like seeing things out of the corner of your eye. I'm really bad at that. Just see enough and then you take yeah. it as you're about my to die. Puts it and together. Then... <laughs> oh man. <sighs> Good thing I hadn't seen any, like, killer Santa Claus movies at that mm. point in my life. That would have been oh, man. awful. You but still I was reacted like you did. Well, well, I think I was mostly scared <laughs> that I was going to ruin Christmas oh. by seeing Santa Claus. Like, I thought that's what was going to happen. Couldn't come and give you your presents. Well, that and he's just some fucking huge, strange Some man. fat stranger, yeah. <laughs> I was just a child. Why is that not scary? I yeah. think it's pretty terrifying. <sighs> but anyway, I thought I'd share. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I have another one. Uh, if any time that I am, and this this is even now, any time that I am driving long distances, say, you know up to even just 20 minutes somewhere down the highway, you know, from town to town or something. If after about, about halfway into the drive, when I'm driving down and there's no street lights because you're out in the middle of nowhere and all you've got are cars passing you, I always find myself looking at the rear view mirror, just waiting for a part of a head to rise up in the back seat or something like that and and my imagination will take away and and I, and I will swear that I hear stuff coming from the back seat I mean just little noises or something and I I will stay glued to that rearview mirror just you know I'll even sometimes even turn around and look behind me and I don't know if you guys are like that or not but I I, I do that to this day but and I'm not I'm okay as long as I'm just driving a little short distance but I mean if it's where I'm by myself and it's it's out and you're driving and it's pretty well dark and and there's really nothing you can do if somebody would be in the back seat other than shit your pants that's you know I mean it, it does it it I, I will start looking and then and then as soon as I and as soon as I pull up to the house or wherever I'm going I mean I'm I'm like out that door and locking it you know and I'll be kind of peeking through the window sometimes but I I'm serious I after after a while, it does it, it does play with your imagination, and and you know there isn't anybody back there. But it's like, man, what if there is? Though, <laughs> shit. Yeah, that's when that's when the paranoia gets fun, man. Oh, fuck! Gets yourself all all freaked out. It's awesome. I've had those <laughs> moments though, where I where I go out to my car, and there's just there's just something in the back of my brain that's telling me like maybe I should check the back seat of my car. I've had I've had those moments. But there's times where I'd be like, I'll be at work, and um, 
I'll stay late and I'll stay until like maybe like uh, like midnight or one in the morning. And by then, like there's no lights on in the parking lot. There's no cars anywhere, and it's just my lonely car out there. And I don't lock my doors too often in my car, so it definitely definitely can make for some fun, creepy scenarios at at, at certain moments. The best is when my dome light's not working, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Getting into a dark car in the middle of the night, no one around. Maybe I better check the back seat. Sometimes I'll be like, no, nah, I don't want to check the back seat. This is too fun being freaked out right now. I'm going to drive home the whole way like this. <laughs> kind of just, just follow the zombie land rules, you guys. Just always check the back seat. Rule. I thought you, you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say cardio, and if that's the case, then I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it kind of feels like we're having a hard time making a lot of the connections to film. So let's just let's change it up a bit here. Anybody see anything good lately? Have I told you guys yet that you need to see all cheer- all cheerleaders uh, all cheerleaders die? Have I talked about that yet? I don't think so. I, I've mm. seen, is that isn't that on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's um, Lucky McGee's newest movie. You know, the guy who made, who directed May in the Woods and the Woman. Mm. It's his newest movie, and it's it's awesome because it's nothing like he's ever done before like his movies are usually you know pretty dark and serious this is definitely a lot more pop and you know pop and fluffy and like just you know it kind of reminds me of the craft it's like the craft meets bring it on kind of <laughs> <What? Okay. laughs> sounds like a movie i'd probably watch no, but it's also it's also got a lot of good gore in it, and it's it's fun. You guys gotta definitely check it out, especially if you like Lucky's McGee's work at all. It's it's you could still it still has a Lucky McGee feel to it, but it's definitely nothing like he's ever done before. And it's it was I had a lot of fun with it. You guys definitely need to check it out. What a name, Lucky McGee! Like surely that's not his his legal name, right? No, you're right. Shirley is not his legal name. It's Lucky <laughs> McGee. Uh. <laughs> um, I know some of you guys on this show saw a classic film not too long ago that um, some awesome dude introduced you to. An Animal Attack movie. Did by the name of Day of the Animals. There? Because we talked about Shirley. Is that how you made that leap? I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, honestly, no, I didn't. You make that connection. That is awesome. What did you guys think of Day of the Animals? I made you guys watch it a couple weekends ago. I think that, that good, I huh? fell asleep. But yeah, and, and the you... movie was boring because I fall asleep during movies. And you watched five minutes and went to bed. Yeah. Because I was falling asleep. But Dustin but I and I loved it. I had seen it before. Yeah, what'd you think of it, Jason? 
Um, I thought it was cool. I really am a big fan of his movie before that, Grizzly. And this uh, just felt like a total continuation of that universe. And not just because of the awesome 70s clothes and stuff, but... Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was... I thought the fucking animal scenes and the animal training and the animal action was almost better than the human stuff. Like, they did a really amazing job with the animals in this one, I thought. Yeah, they definitely... I think so, too. I've always thought so, too. Um, man, nothing... Nothing beats, though, Leslie Nielsen fighting a freaking bear. That's just fun to say. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, coming from the 70s, where there was a ton of the, like those animal attack movies and stuff, and um, like this one, to me, really, really stands out, both It and Grizzly, which is directed by the same guy. Um, but I've, I've never really been able to put my finger on why they stand out so much amongst the the, the pile of, of those type of films um maybe that is a lot a lot of it i mean did you feel the same way about grizzly as far as like doing a really job with the animal stuff for what makes what made always made grizzly so special i well maybe the part that makes grizzly special is the opposite for me because the not good animal work is what i loved about it because when, like, there would just be yeah, this yeah. bear, this obvious bear paw swing through the frame and knock a horse's head off, <laughs> was clearly fake. And that's what was awesome about it. But, I mean, the animal work in mm-hmm. it was great, too. But, yeah, I just loved it in Day of the Animals. I even thought nice. the story was good. Like, the way they wrote it to contain it to the upper elevation so that it really only affected that park, you know, mm-hmm. and although they did kind of take the cheap way out of it, didn't really have a resolution. They just was like, oh, it stopped affecting the animals. Just like in Birdemic. Oh, yeah, yeah they just decided to quit attacking. Yeah. <laughs> And then they fly off into the sunset, but never get any smaller as they fly off into the sunset. <laughs> so, Dustin, what was your thoughts of uh, Day of the Animals? <laughs> you know what, Mike? I love watching movies over at your house because 90% of the time it's going to be something I've never seen or never knew existed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always it's always great. He loves that. Yeah. Yeah. I do, yeah. I do. It's a challenge and it's exciting <laughs> for me. I'm like, oh they're coming over, what movies I'm gonna grab. <laughs> <laughs> um I liked it. I, I liked it um and I liked Grizzly more after I had watched it because you know just being the same type of movie with the animals and things it really um it was just really cool to watch um but there was there was so much going on in that movie like uh like you said with the whole leslie nielsen thing i uh i told i told jason that um the most, or I told somebody either way, but uh, that's the most sinister I've ever seen Leslie Nielsen <laughs> in my entire life. Like, it's like, 
It's like when you hang out with somebody for a long time and you never see them get mad and you never get to see like that that part of them. And, like that's what it was for me watching Leslie Nielsen like, you know, just turn into this, you know, animalistic human being of just I'm the alpha male and and I'm gonna have sex with your girlfriend and you know, he's just like <laughs> he just took over and well, I can't remember. He kept, he kept, he made a nickname for the guy who was leading all the people up the mountain. Hot shot. Hot, hot shot. Yes, he kept calling that guy a hot shot. He didn't fucking care. He's gonna keep calling him hot shot. But you know, just like an, an asshole. <laughs> he was a dick. He was such a good dick, though. <laughs> That's a weird thing to I was say. About sentence. So I didn't think you'd say. Well. <laughs> but the, one of my favorite parts was uh, when they get up to the mountain. Um, the there's this couple. Well, there's this girl that gets attacked by wolves, and they hit her and her boyfriend or husband or whatever start to make their way to a an outpost of some kind, and she ends up getting attacked and falling to her death. And he finds a little girl, and I've been playing a lot of The Last of Us lately. That it I re, like this. I kind of just modeled them after those two characters. You know, they're trying to make it down to the to the city, where you know where they hope they'll be safe. And they get to the city, and there's just like devastation, really. Um, which is, you know, they find the 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 uh, the sheriff there. He's dead, and and you really like you're pulling for these characters. At least I was. I'm like, oh man, goddamn, these guys just these guys better make it, and. I'm going to spoil it here. Spoiler alert. The guy puts the little girl into a truck while he goes to get into his car. And he's being stalked by, like, this dog that's, you know, just going crazy. And he can't, he's not paying attention to what's inside of his car. And he opens up the door and he gets snake bit. Watch out, John. Sorry, John. Uh, <laughs> with all these snakes that are in his car. And they just have this... The, the most depressing shot oh, <laughs> of a little girl just zooming on her. Just she knows she's fucked. Like <laughs> that was her last hope. You know she's made it this far, and then this happens, and it's just it's depressing. And I think we we do see that she does get out of it, but that whole scene, you're that whole sequence, you're really pulling for them there. At least at least I was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's yeah. just you know that that that's probably uh, one of my favorite parts in the whole movie, other than them being stalked by German shepherds because it's not you know just wolves and things like that. It's it's all animals are being mm -hmm. fucked up by the ozone. Jason, you had posted a list uh, before the episode about about um, phobias and movies tied to them, and you had put um, you know birds and the movie the birds on there um and i got to thinking like yeah like like birds for the most part don't bother me but like if if one like were to dive bomb or you know it like you know that would that freaks me the, the hell out yeah everybody thinks and your eyes are gonna get pecked out think of them Yeah, but I couldn't really think of a movie that really tapped into that. Like, The Birds is okay, but I don't think it really taps into that phobia. But there's that scene in Day of the Animals right there with that, that freaking hawk or whatever it was. Like, dive bombs those dive bombs those, um, those people in the little camp area or wherever they were at. Until they fall off. I thought that was, was, was pretty good. 
Yep. That one was good. Yeah, that was... John, yeah, it, John have you ever seen Day of the Animals? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. And no, you won't now, because... Talked about snakes because we're ruining it for him. <laughs> no, I was just agreeing with you, Mike. That whole sequence there, where she's getting peckered, is uh, <laughs> it was just getting just bad. So I'm thinking, like the next time you come over, I think that uh, maybe keeping in the theme of '70s animal attack movies, we need to watch the movie Prophecy. Yes, I've seen that much one. about prophecy. I've seen one. I love, scene. I love that movie. You've seen it, right, John? I've, I've, John. yes, I've heard uh, heard good things about it. I've never seen the complete movie, but I've seen parts of it. But, uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I've heard it's really, really good. It's kind of like a, kind of like about a, about. Kind of like a ecosystem kind of thing going on. Yeah, which is the... which is kind of which is a theme through a lot of those like animal attack movies in the seventies, like the environment and how it's affecting the uh, in, you know affecting the creatures in the environment kind of thing. And with prophecy, it's another giant. It's another bear attack movie like Grizzly, but this thing's like twice the size of Grizzly and. Um, is like all mutated. It's got like this, like, um, like the all the is like messed up face and like a gimpy arm and stuff like that. It's 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 awesome. And <laughs> and basically, it was like uh, the paper mill was dumping chemicals into the water, and that's what affected the 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 bear. Hmm. So yeah, prophecy. That should be. I'll have to make sure that's top of the pile next yeah. time. I'm ready. Yeah. Anything else anybody seen good lately? Should do an independent episode or maybe like a short films episode or something. Well, we can all go see Tusk because that's considered an independent film. And then we could uh, base, you know, a, a review around that and then throw in some other indie films that we like. Yeah. Huh? Man, I'm just so nervous about Tusk and the fact that, like, <laughs> I know I'm going to miss it. I know I'm going to miss it in the theater because it's such... The distribution on it is so independently done, and yeah, it's on a lot of screens. I mean, you know, Iowa alone, there's like there's like uh, three or four different screens that it opened on this weekend, so that's reassuring. But you know, it's not going to stick around very long, no matter yeah. how well it does. Yeah, you're probably right. That's why we got to get out there and see it. I know. Travel, travel to a town to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any other films we want to talk about? Any other phobias we want to talk about? Any other film-related phobias? Did never mind. What? I was just going to talk about you being old, and if Jaws messed you up. Jaws? Yeah. But like a fear of sharks kind of thing. Going in the water. One of the original horror movie affecting normal things. Um. <laughs> okay, here's a dumb confession. So I, I want to say this right now that, uh, again, and the emphasis on that I was a kid that was scared of everything. Okay? Um, I don't remember... 
I obviously saw Jaws when I was when I was a little bit older, probably about junior high age is when I first saw Jaws, because I I avoided scary movies like The Plague when I was when I was little little, um, and uh, my my frame of reference for horror movies when I was when I was really little was like Godzilla. That was about the extent of uh, how scary it got for me. Um, Although I still, as a kid, still always had a fascination with monsters and stuff like that, so I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Um, so I, I had never seen Jaws, but also when I was little, I was um, a huge fan of Mad Magazine and the lesser Mad Magazine known as Cracked Magazine. Anybody familiar mm-hmm. with Cracked? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I read I it more than I did Mad. Yes, me too. I I always liked Cracked better than Mad. Mm-hmm. But they ha- I had one issue of of Mad Magazine that had a Jaws parody in it, and there was there was one panel in there, you know about the you know if you remember in Jaws the scene where the kids are playing on the dock and the mom's looking at the at the book and seeing a shark a picture of a shark attacking the dock and he tells the kids to to get into the house and get away from the dock or whatever. Well, they kind of parody that moment in the in the in the magazine where um, the mom is yelling for her son to get out of the water and it cuts to um, a shot of her son in the bathtub like what and he's like what what could possibly go wrong mom I'm in the bathtub and that <laughs> plagued my imagination to where I had a moment where I was scared to get in the bathtub in fear of being attacked by a shark oh no <laughs> oh <laughs> so yeah I had yeah I had issues so so that's probably the closest that's the Jaws parody probably terrified me more than um, than actual Jaws I don't know well I got one I got one more on my list okay the, uh, it's embarrassing guys I hate to say it. Uh-oh. Well, Is it uh, more embarrassing than being scared of, of a, a panel in Cracked Magazine? Come on. Yeah. Um, the movie... The movie Teeth Made Me Afraid of Vaginas. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Te- teeth came out in 2000. Whatever. You've been afraid of a vagina. I'm so glad your mic's breaking up to all of that, trying to make fun of me, but yes. <laughs> Just kidding. I've always, yeah, you're right. I've always been afraid of vaginas. Okay. <laughs> Who isn't? I mean, really. Right? Jesus. Uh, uh, to, to move on. I, yeah, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, there is a, what is it, in Ghoulies 2? Is that the carnival one? Uh, yeah. Where a ghoulie goes in the toilet, and then the guy sits on the toilet, and I guess, you know, yeah, I don't think you really see anything, but you just see the guy's, like, look of terror. He's like, like, the ghoulie's either, you know, biting his asshole or doing something. I don't know what the hell's going on. But, like, I saw it as a kid, and I had so much anxiety trying to go to the restroom after watching that. Like, to the point where I would just hold it forever until it became to the point where I just, you know, there was... I just would check a million times inside the toilet, behind the toilet. I couldn't really lift the the toilet 
porcelain lid thing, but I could lift it just enough to like peek inside to make sure there was no googly inside of there. And then finally <laughs> I would just go. So yeah, there's been, it's, that's not a phobia, but that's something that is like, you know, stuck with me <laughs> for, you know, as a kid for a long time. It, uh, man, checking the toilet forever after I saw that. Dude, we can go on all night about, you know, shit that we were scared of as kids that we should probably tell a psychiatrist and not share on a podcast, at least for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Cool. Anything else? I have another one that I, uh, this, this is a pretty, pretty big one. Um, Let's see, where do I want to start? And this may be one for, for you guys, too. Everybody may have a phobia of this. Every time I see a remake, I have a phobia that the sucker's going to suck. Ninety <laughs> percent of the time. <laughs> Does anybody else have that kind of a phobia? <laughs> well, see, the thing is, is I was always under the impression that phobias... That are um, an irrational fear of something, but to fear shitty remakes is a legitimate fear because there's been proven shitty remakes out there. Has anybody seen one that they actually thought was was actually made fairly decent for one? I yeah. I, I I'm trying to think, and I'm right now I can't think of really. Any, but I'm sure I'm sure there probably is one or two, but I. Well, as much as it always has pained me to say it, I love the Dawn of the Dead remake. I thought they did a great job of that, and that is coming from a guy who Dawn, the original Dawn of the Dead's all-time favorite movie. So we could go down the list, Dustin. For, you oh yeah, one. for me, like I was hardcore anti-remake up until I saw The Hills Have Eyes. Yes, that was a really good one. How about you, Terry? The I was gonna say Hills Have Eyes too, but part two. You like no that? really part two? Oh. As well, <laughs> as in T O O. Oh, that didn't help oh. Mike at all. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the Hills Have Eyes as well. Oh. Uh, um. Give me a second. Go to someone else. <laughs> Dustin. What was the question? What are you asking? <laughs> good remakes. Oh, good remakes. Yeah. Uh, the thing. Yeah. Oh. Yep. <laughs> That's cheating. Yeah. But yes. Hey, 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 hey. The thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, you, you got me. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, the 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 new new thing. Right, but <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Kurt Russell thing. Oh, Dumb and Dumber Earth thing. What? 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 Okay. So you're talking the thing? You're talking remake. the prequel? No. Yeah, even though it's not really a remake, but they were marketing as a remake because they called it the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blob, I thought was a good remake. Oh yeah. yeah talking post eighties. Come on. Okay. 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 I can okay. still go there. Post eighties. I can still name quite a few. 
Dustin, what? I would say Dawn the Dead. No, not... Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Yeah, yes. And and since I'm throwing it out there, and I'm throwing my favorite director under the bus, The Crazies was a good remake. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. two they remade, just saying. Two of his movies that were remade. But I think that's it, because the Day of the Dead remake, blue... And I was even directed by Steve Miner, who I like as a director, but the remake was poopy. <laughs> um, uh, Let Me In was good. Yes. Good one. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, man. Not as good as the original, but it was okay. I haven't seen it. I don't want to get into... Um, uh, you know, the differences between remakes and sequels and, and reimaginings and all that garbage. Um, I consider it, I can technically consider it more of a sequel and part of the franchise than a remake, but I really loved Piranha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Ooh, I got one. Robocop. Hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it was good. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, it was okay, but I mean, it counts as a movie. <laughs> it's a franchise. <laughs> there were opening credits and closing credits. Yes. It counts as a movie. It Dustin. Uh, hey, I'm just saying, stack those up side by side. Tell me which one kicks more ass. Oh, without oh, a hey, doubt, the hey, original. You'll always have the original. I know, that's what I'm saying. And I've never once watched the remake, so I'll always have that, too. <laughs> what? Why you gotta be like that, Dustin? Why you gotta be like that? <laughs> I, just, I was extremely bitter when I found out about that. Because so. I knew. I knew Because RoboCop 1 still holds up. I mean, if you can... I love stop animation. Uh, I love Ed 209. That might be dated to some people's eyes, but I think it looks great. And if you get the new Blu-ray, it's amazing. Everything looks great. You wouldn't even know that it was a remake other than just the you know actors and actresses. You don't... I mean, it holds up. It holds I up. I think it holds up. I'm with you. And you mentioned stop-motion animation. I think the um, effects hold up as well. But when you're doing stop-motion animation on something that's mechanical, it's easier to write it off as that, that is the movement of that, yeah, that thing. So I think that's that was a smart move to go stop-motion with something that's supposed to be like robotic. But they, but they remake movies that hold up every day, and that's not a reason to not. To not what? To well, not to, Right. What? Because... Because... All the movies they remake hold up to us. Well, yeah. I was trying to argue. I don't know. <laughs> I have a phobia about arguing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, Evil Dead, the Evil Dead remake was a good one. Yeah. Yep, it was. Yeah. It was. As much as we didn't want to like it. I know I didn't want to like it, but I enjoyed well, it. They did something I thought was very interesting and with their Red Band trailer, which, you know, anybody in the public can go watch on the internet. Not necessarily going to show a Red Band trailer on television, but just some of the shit they showed. Like, how could you not go and see that movie 
even if you were yeah. a super fan, like, you know, I've, I've always been a super fan of the Evil Dead series. And, you know, it wasn't hard to admit that the new Evil Dead was pretty damn awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, have we convinced I, you? Yeah, and I just actually thought of one, and I, you guys are going to kill me for not saying this, and I can't believe why this wasn't the first on my list. Yes, there is one that I actually did like, and it was wasn't theatrical remake, but it was a <clears throat> it was made for TV, and it was more of a reimagining of the original story, and that is the um, Children of the Corn that came out with. Uh, <laughs> That came out a while back. I actually, and I will defend that because yes, I love the original movie, but I love the original short story, and this followed the short story more than the original movie did. Although I am a, you know, I love the original movie, but I, yeah. like I said, I will, yeah. I will defend, I will defend this remake. A lot of people don't like it because it was completely different than the movie, but I am a lover of the story, so, so I love the, I really liked it. Okay, so we talked about ones that we like that we're good name off some that really sucked that we think uh, oh, here we go all the prom, other ones yeah. prom night april fool's yeah. day uh <laughs> dude that is literally the first two that sprung to my mind when you said it too <laughs> but i have kind of i have this like sadistic um thing for the uh april fool's day remake because it is so horrible that i kind of sort of like it for based on its just total garbageness. I mean, mm -hmm. and yes, I, that is a word, garbageness. And the only thing about <laughs> um, that movie, the only thing about that movie that even remotely that I could find remotely even resembled the 1986 movie was at the very beginning they show them kind of doing little videos, um, yeah, talking to video, video, video camera, camera. Stuff, yeah. and that's the that's the only thing that I could find that was remotely similar to the original one. So I'm so glad that there's finally somebody on this show that has seen this remake because I, I talked about it on an episode long ago, and but like nobody had seen it, um, and I urge everybody on this podcast to see this horrible, horrible movie because it's baffling on its on its on its horribleness. Like John, that moment where um, she's chasing the killer. She chases the killer onto the movie, um, the movie backlot. She mm -hmm. chases the killer to the trailer. She enters the trailer where, um, was it was that Scott Taylor Compton sitting in the yeah. chair? I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, wearing a wig, the same colored wig as the person that she's been chasing, and then just writes it off. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. it's you. I was looking for the killer. Well, you just literally chased the killer into the freaking trailer. It was, it was so <laughs> stupid. And then it turned out, oh, guess who the killer was? Big surprise. Oh, that movie sucks so bad, and the acting in it oh. is horrible. It was yeah. Scout, then? Scout was the killer. What's that? Scout Taylor Compton was the killer. Sort of. Um, I mean, she was like the big reveal, but then there was like 500 other reveals after that. So, yeah. yeah. And then the I ending mean, was like the big, the big kind of a, not really a, the movie sucks. So it wasn't a shocking ending, but it was just kind of like they threw a kind of a thing at the end there that, that you wasn't expecting, but it was like still the movie sucks. So I didn't really give a shit. 
I mean, you're you're seeing a remake of April Fool's Day, so you kind of already have an expectation of of a, of a twist ending happening. Mm-hmm. And knowing knowing that the that the movie's called April Fool's Day, and it's a remake of the movie April Fool's Day with the ending that it had, you can kind of see where it's going. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens in the movie, <clears throat> yeah, and I and I love the original that, that one last little little twist little twist stinger. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie so much. Yeah, it is so great. Well, and then the 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 uh, remake of My Bloody Valentine. I thought you know when I heard that was going to be coming out, I was so excited to see it because the previews looked really really good, and they were advertising it in 3D, and they showed that pickaxe swinging towards the screen and i was like oh man this is gonna be awesome of course the theater i saw it in at the time didn't have 3d yet but we went to go see it and it was on a it wasn't even on a big screen the the theater area that i seen it in it was a small screen but saw it and i was just so disappointed with the way it ended i i at the, at the first time i seen it the second really? time i saw yeah the second time i saw it i kind of liked it a little better but i was like yeah. you know but i thought the I thought the original just had the way it kind of, you didn't know who the killer was, and it was, they kind of, I don't know, I think they could have made it a little better, the story could have been maybe a little better, but I, I wasn't real happy with the way that it ended, and they kind of left it open, definitely left it open for a second one, but they never did oh, yeah. go forward with that, but. But I'm kind of surprised they didn't, because it did, it did well, if I remember right, I mean, Mm-hmm. And the greatest thing about all of it, John, and, and My Bloody Valentine is a great example, is that, you know, Jason says we always have the originals, but sometimes um, we get the originals no, back Justin because of it. But yeah, but you've been saying it this whole time during this discussion, right. is my right. point. Um, <laughs> is that uh, <laughs> sometimes we get the originals back. I mean, if it wasn't for this remake, we wouldn't have gotten that. Um, really sweet uh, DVD Blu-ray set of the original that mm-hmm. contained the never-before-seen deleted scenes. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's some benefits to it, but... Yeah. Um, I'm going to put... I'm still, I'm still saying the Friday 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street remakes are garbage. Don't like them. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think... Do you think when they, re, when they remade uh, Friday the 13th, do you think that's why they decided to do the deluxe editions, the DVDs, and the find the uncut, you know, scenes for the from the first one. Do you think that was probably a reason for that too? Because of the, I think so. I really do because uh, whether whether or not the remake was successful, it brought the franchise back into the spotlight to where they the, where they thought there was some markability in the old titles and and doing these new versions and if you go back and watch like around the same time when they're remastering those those original films and doing those 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 uh, really cool um, editions with extra features and stuff is also when they came out with that documentary his name is Jason yeah and the whole last half of that documentary is talking about nothing but the stupid remake so mm-hmm. obviously, it all played in the, into uh, uh, getting this out there. And if none of that happened, um, would we have gotten like the Crystal Lake memoirs, which I still mm-hmm. don't have and haven't seen, and mm-hmm. I'm bitter? Yeah. Oh, you mean the the new documentary? Yeah, the big yeah. epic one. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, 
12 hours long or whatever. Yeah, I've I've got it and I'll tell you what, it's it's good. Very very in length and in detail for each and every movie in the franchise and it is it is excellent. And it's from the same makers of the guys who did Never Sleep Again. Mm-hmm. So and and that documentary is awesome. And, and and we never thought when we were watching these movies in our younger years that we would ever see a documentary that's not only dedicated to these franchises but gives you gives you just as much attention to Friday Thirteenth Part Seven as it did the first Friday Thirteenth. You know, mm-hmm. you never thought yeah. you'd see a documentary that goes into great discussion about some of those light, later sequels that uh, people just kind of threw away. Very true. So there. <laughs> Has anybody seen the new, um, the new um, Phantasm movie? Is Has, it even out yet? I don't know. I don't know. I th- yeah. the the trailer for it came out months, and yeah. months, and months ago. Mm-hmm. And it looked awesome. It looked I feel really like good. It's not out yet, or. Someone would have seen it by now. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Just dang it, you know. I mean, I guess I waited this long for another one. I can wait a little while longer, but god dang, I'm a little nervous though because Don Casarelli didn't direct it. He produced it, but somebody else directed it. Mm-hmm. Looks like but it's going to come out next year. Oh, okay. Well, I wonder what the holdup is though, because it's done. My understanding, it's been done for a long time. Yeah, movies normally come out right after they get done filming. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Speaking of, how's the music video coming along? I just got the um, I just got the footage today, so so tomorrow then. Okay, it's actually still on my. Still in my trunk. Yeah, he just—he let me borrow the whole freaking computer too. So I have a whole computer in my trunk. <laughs> so yeah, my goal is to work on that tomorrow. I got a couple of other little projects I got to work, and I'm kind of glad that he gave me the whole computer too, because I'm really I think it's going to take forever if I try to do it on my computer. It's not doing too well. All right, cool. Well, I think we've uh, hit a dead end here, so I think now would probably be a good time as any to um, take a break. How's that sound? Does that sound good to everybody? A break? Let's do it. A little, cool. Little little nap, a little nap break. We can all take naps. Like in kindergarten. Yes, please. And then when we come back. <laughs> we'll get into. <laughs> And when we come back, we'll get into segments here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies.
Do you find your life lacking meaning and purpose? Do you get up every morning and say, there's gotta be a better way? Are you a horror film fan and don't understand why your friends and family hasn't seen Necromantic? Do you know people who say that they love Jason from the Nightmare on Elm Street movies? Are you bored with your current podcast? Do you find yourself answering these questions out loud and getting weird looks from other people in your office? Well, now you never have to worry about those nasty stains again. Now you have a meaning to your boring, miserable life because now you can listen to... Attack of the Killer Podcast. That's right, Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack of the Killer Podcast has all the vitamins and minerals for a well-balanced breakfast. On Attack of the Killer Podcast, you can marvel at the crew as they discuss various horror films, such as High Tension and... High, high tension. Listen with your ear holes as the attackers pick a topic and then derail from that topic for at least an hour every episode. Be extremely disturbed as you learn the true love Insane Mike has for his Jason Goes to Hell DVD. But wait, there's more. The gang at Attack of the Killer Podcast give you their guarantee that every episode will contain at least two hours of in-depth horror discussion. Or at least until they get bored, which usually happens after about the first 30 minutes. Listen to what this satisfied customer has to say about Attack of the Killer Podcast. Who the hell are you? What are you doing in my bathroom? So don't wait. Follow the rest of the mindless sheep and listen to Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack of the Killer Podcast can be heard at attackofthekillerpodcast.com or at stitcher.com. You can also follow Attack of the Killer Podcast on Facebook at Attack of the Killer Podcast or on Twitter at AOTKP. So act now. Offers limited. Operators are standing by. Blah, 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 blah. All right, we're back, and it's now time for segments. Let's start with some shout-outs. Bring us the shout-outs, Jason. It's time for... Shout-outs! 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 You got it. Well, the question was asked, uh, the podcast crew wants to know what you're afraid of. What are your phobias? What movies and or scenes from horror films tap into your worst fears? And we got uh, one person to brave, a brave soul, uh, told us what he was thinking. And that's uh, on Facebook, Matt Tomaszewski. He said, when talking about the movies that tap into our worst fears, there's one experience that comes to mind. I was probably around 10 years old, and it was right before Christmas. This is like Terry's story. <laughs> Said I, and I was probably around 10 years old, and it was right before Christmas. My parents were hanging up Christmas decorations, and for some reason, Scream was on cable. So this kid's like eight. Anyway. <laughs> If he was 10 when Scream was... Anyway. So, me being a curious kid, I watched it even though I was terrified of horror movies. After the movie was over, I was looking over my shoulder every second. Not even the festivities of the holidays could make me feel better. I thought Ghostface was going to kill me. And the reason was because he was fast, clumsy, but fast. This began a two-year stint of staying up hours... Um, after my bedtime because I couldn't fall asleep. I was going to close my eyes and when I opened them, Ghostface would be there and stab me. You might say this doesn't have anything to do with phobias, but I guess you could say that horror movies were a phobia for me when I was little. 
Oh man, that's scary. Mm. Super scary. Nice. Yeah. But ghost face? Anyway. <laughs> and that's all we had on Facebook. Nothing on Twitter, but it's never too late. You can always call in at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP to leave your comments and get on the show. That's shoutouts. Thank you, Jason, for shoutouts. Now, let's move right along. Um, let's go over to Terry with her segment. Wicked Words with Wicked words with wear tear. All right. This time, uh, my segment's a little bit different, but not really all that different. Um, the book that I chose is technically a nonfiction book, and I'm doing air quotes as I say that. Technically, it's it's a true story. Um, but this time, I did the Amityville Horror. Um, the book uh, nice. was by Jay Anson. Um, and the book is based off of, uh, these video interviews that George and Kathy Lutz did back in the day about everything that happened to them at the house. And there's always a lot of conjecture over, you know, whether or not they were telling the truth and whatnot, which is why I say, you know, technically it's supposed to be nonfiction, but I think it's probably a crock of shit. So anyway, um... The book's kind of boring. I mean, it reads like a nonfiction novel. It doesn't have any frilly language or anything. It's just like, this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. It's really exciting. Um, not. But. <laughs> and then I actually had time to watch a couple of the movies. Um, I watched the original um movie from 1979 starring James Brolin and, and Margot Kidder. And then I also watched the remake, speaking of remakes, uh, from 2005, <laughs> the Platinum Dunes remake with Ryan Reynolds. Um, well, uh, the 79 movie is pretty loyal to the book. There's not really much of anything that really strays. Um, it does get a little weird, like, when it gets to the last day. They don't really detail much in the book about it. They kind of... Apparently, the Lutzes just thought that it was too terrifying and they didn't want to talk about it. So I think they took quite a few liberties there. Um probably specifically with a lot of the uh, hell stuff and whatnot in the basement. and I don't know. There's lots of weird things that happen. Um, the, flies was, uh, the flies was in the book. I know that's one of the most memorable moments, but it was a little over overdone, I think, in the movie in comparison to how it was described uh, in the book. 
But, you know, it's a movie. you got to play it up a little bit or it's going to get really boring. Um, one thing I did appreciate is, well, that Jody, the, the, this imaginary friend that the little girl gets, um, in the, in the first movie, they actually, you know, barely hint at the fact that it's actually a pig. It's like a demonic pig. And you see that briefly in the upstairs window, like George looks up. And he sees, like, this really awful digital image of a demonic-looking pig. And I, for a while, I couldn't remember if they said anything about that after reading the book. I was wondering, what, I didn't recall there being a demon pig. But they do. They actually show that in the 79 version. But then, if you look at the remake, they they took a lot of liberties in the remake. Let me just... The only way I was really enjoying that film was just looking at Ryan Reynolds' abs and beard. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's, like, chopping wood shirtless, and I I should just stop. Um, do you need a moment? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they're just, oh, like, they really focus on, like the the catch em, kill em stuff in that movie which is not emphasized at all um, and I think they really just took that note from like they barely mentioned something about Jack Ketchum in the 79 uh, movie and so they took that and like well fuck we're just gonna catch him kill him the whole time so he's gonna hear the whole time it's gonna be on magnets on the fridge and shit and then the little girl instead of her imaginary ghost friend being a demonic pig is the ghost of the girl, the DeFeo girl who was murdered there. Um, which, I mean, I can, that's a way, good way of, I don't, it made it a little scarier probably. I'd probably be more scared of a dead child than a random demon pig, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um, Eh, remake you can do without it unless of course you do want to watch Ryan Reynolds half naked a lot uh, but definitely the 79 is more true to the story the quote unquote true story um, but yeah the book if you if you enjoy nonfiction reads and ghost stories and things and it's somewhat entertaining but not terribly terribly exciting and that is my segment great thank you very much and I too enjoy Ryan Reynolds shirtless right how can you not I'm not even really all that into abs like I usually I'm more of a chubby chaser myself but Ryan Reynolds with abs (laughs) and a beard yeah it's good. It's it's good. <laughs> All right. So thank you for that. Taking us to a weird place. Uh, let's go over to <laughs> the world of video games mm-hmm. with Go Games with Dustin.
<laughs> Thank you. Um, I skipped. Uh, we skipped it like uh, uh, segments. Um, I think maybe a couple episodes ago or whatever, or not. But I haven't done one of these in a while. But I was picking games for every one of the podcasters to play that would uh, appeal to their tastes and i'm continuing that today and tonight is going to be for you terry and that game is army of darkness defense and you might have been the person that told me about this game because as soon as i found out about it i immediately downloaded it Oh, the yeah, the phone game, right? Exactly. Yes. It is for your iPhone, your iPad, your iPod Touch, and for the Android. Now, when this game came out, I think I paid 99 cents for it. It is absolutely free now. Uh-huh. So there's no reason not to pick up this game. Um, this is basically, like it says, Army of Darkness Defense. It takes place... Uh, pretty much at the end of the movie. And what you do is you're experiencing these hordes and hordes of deadites and skeletons and every character from the movie coming at you, Ash, uh, <laughs> while you defend the castle, you defend the book. Uh, you know, everything that was in the movie at this point of the, of the movie is in this game. I'm talking all the sounds, all the actors, all the music, all of the you know the car with the 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 propeller on the front, the <laughs> wizard. I mean, it has everything, and it's because it's free now. There is no excuse not to pick up this game and at least try it if you have one of these devices. Um, basically, the controls are the most simplified thing. Uh, you start off with Ash. You've got a shotgun. You've got a chainsaw. Um, you know, it, it, it all depends on on how you want to equip your character. Um, how you move Ash is simply by just pushing your finger on one side of the screen, either the right side or the left side, and that's where he moves. As soon as you lift your finger, he doesn't move anymore. Basically, you want to get as far to the right as you can because that's where the deadites are coming in. Um, you know, you, you've got Ash, you've got uh, uh, Duke Henry, uh, you've got uh, the King, you've got Sword Boy, you've got Torch Boy, you've got the Wizard who heals you, um, you've got the Pit, <laughs> you've got the the Pit Witch is in it, you've got, of course, um, the uh, Ash's evil version of his girlfriend you've got evil ash um i mean everything if if you've seen this movie as much as we have uh, you know all of these voices and all of these one-liners that they use in the game it is excellent you go through each level you go through 50 levels of swarms of deadites and in between you pick up coins um, that will help you buy ad- advancements, uh, you know, to have a stronger shotgun or to uh, to have the Book of the Dead, which is funny because if you use the Book of the Dead uh, and it doesn't have a high value, a high score point, uh, you'll get Ash going, Klaatu, Verata, <laughs> and then, you know, all of a sudden you've, you've got a necktie on. You know, <laughs> you know it's... it's <laughs> It's it, oh no no he says clatu rata necktie and he, like he just has a necktie 
on, it does nothing. But the more money you get, the more you can upgrade your weapons, such as the Book of the Dead or, um, or your car with the propeller, and, and the more damage it will do. Um, as soon as you beat the last level 50, then the game uh, allows you to do um, infinite. I mean, it's just it's an infinite swarm, and you can see how long you can last. Um, it's made by Backflip Studios, so if you go there and look up the Army of Darkness game, it'll link you right to where you can download it. Uh, and and you know, like I said, it, it, from what I'm seeing here, it's it's absolutely free now. It wasn't when when I purchased it. Um, it's one of the coolest phone games I've ever seen. It's crisp. It's clear. It sounds amazing for a, 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 a phone game. You will not be disappointed with this game. And Terry, this game is for you. Woohoo! <laughs> awesome! I, sounds cool. Definitely sounds a lot better than those Evil Dead PS1 games from back in the day. Uh, those aren't so bad. Uh, I, hated the, I hated the first one. They're hard. So, yes, it's why I hated it. It's too, it's too hard. Okay. Thank you for that segment. Now, let's turn it over to John for his segment, Memory Vane. Okay, well, since my favorite month and favorite season of the year has finally arrived, I thought, what better memory to talk about than one of my favorite ghost stories of all time? No, it's not from a James Wan film or a Stephen King novel. This story was handed down to me by my father. What makes this one different is that it happened to him. It's a true story. So grab a spot and sit up by the campfire, kiddies. It's time for a good old-fashioned ghost story. Are you warm enough? Good. Don't mind the chill, as it may be the ghost sitting in on this one that I call the door that wouldn't close. Back in the late 30s to early 40s, my grandparents lived in a house with my father and his brothers and sisters. Sometime after moving in, there was a door to a small attic crawl space that, in the mornings, was being found left open. Thinking the kids were leaving it that way, my grandfather would shut it again, only to find it in the same unlatched and open condition the next morning. Even though everyone denied any involvement in the incident, time after time, the door would be found in an unsealed state. Finally, that was it. Thinking it must be a small animal getting into the attic and entering the house, he took a hammer and some nails and fixed the door so that nothing could open it from the inside or outside without removing the deeply embedded hardware. Easy fix to a troublesome problem. The next morning, my grandfather awoke and checked on his handiwork. There, he found the nails were still piercing the wooden door. But it was standing wide open. Knowing it wasn't being tampered with from the front of the door within the house, and no animal could possibly have pushed through the tightly sealed entrance, he made the decision to investigate from inside the crawl space. After searching throughout the narrow area, something caught his eye. 
After retrieving the item he had found, he slowly emerged from the small entryway to examine what had been hidden away in the dark corners of the attic. It was dried up, but it was evident that it was a piece of hide. As it was sent off to be analyzed as to what type of animal it could have come from, my father went into the armed forces and left the house he shared with his family. Time passed, and when he returned home from the army, they had already moved from the place where the unexplainable and persistent event had occurred. But while he was away, the results on what my grandfather had found had been finalized and were conclusive. Tests did prove the piece of hide to be real, but the source was not that of an animal at all. It was human skin. When they had moved out, this was the end of the story for my father and his family. But I've always wondered, were the unnerving results from the study the reason for their departure and relocation? And if so, did the activity stop with the discovery and removal of the human remains, or did it continue until the day they left? As these questions will always haunt my thoughts, the most frightening question is this. What was in the attic that felt it needed to be let free? And was there more to be found in that crawl space than just the bit of skin my grandfather had discovered? The answer to this will probably always remain a mystery, as well as the location of the house, as I strangely never once asked my father the exact address. But if the house still stands, there could be a chance that whatever presence, if that's what it was, that plagued my grandparents' home could very well still be, be there. What about you? Do you make sure all your doors are shut the night before? You must have forgotten to check the one to the attic, because there isn't any possible way it could open by itself, right? And that's my memory vein. Yay! Yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank now I'm not going to go to sleep. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> check your doors. I'm going to now. <laughs> Well, now it's time for our last segment, Insane's Picks. Why, thank you, Jason. It's time once again for Insane's Picks with me, Insane Mike. And as I... I'm pretty sure I'm coming to a close of my Something Weird collection. I've try been trying really hard to go back and catalog all the episodes to make sure I don't ever double. But I think I might be getting to the point where I am. I might double up on, on a movie that I've done in the past. Uh, so if I've done this one, let me know. But I'm pretty sure I haven't yet. Because my Insane's pick for this episode... It's a film drenched in crimson color. You guessed it. 1965 Herschel Gordon Lewis classic. Color. Me. Blood. Blood. Red. red. Color. Me. Blood. Blood. Red. One more time. <laughs> color. Color. Me. Me. Blood. Red. red. <laughs> this is the third part of what has been known as Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Trilogy, starting with Blood Feast, followed up by 2000 Maniacs. Color Me Blood Red is about crack 
about a crackpot artist that kills various people to use their blood as the red color he needs for his paintings because only blood is the right shade of red that'll work for his art. This is just as crazy as most of the other blood films. Um, probably the weaker of three of the original blood trilogy in my opinion. But uh, 2000 Maniacs being the best of the trilogy. But Color Me Blood Red is a great, crazy, zany movie full of great gore, classic Herschel Gordon Lewis gore, and, and tons of bizarro comedy. Now, this, is, this was the, as part of the Blood Trilogy, was the last collaboration uh, between Herschel Gordon Lewis and David Friedman. David Freeman producing and doing a lot of the uh, behind the scenes on the uh, on the films that him and Herschel Gordon Lewis did together. There was a little bit of fallout that happened between two of the two of them during the uh, production of this movie, and um, they uh, ended up uh, parting ways and didn't talk to each other for for quite a few years after that. They of course have made amends, and um, which is good now that David Freeman has passed and. And their um, relationship was was repaired before that were before that happened. But to get a full spectrum of this and to hear them uh, talk about the the breakup and all that, definitely check out to the commentary track uh, by Herschel Gordon Lewis and David Freeman on the Color Me Blood Red DVD. Uh, it's an awesome commentary. I've always really enjoyed the Herschel Gordon Lewis commentaries. This time partnered up with his buddy David Friedman. And they tell amazingly wonderful stories about things like the scene where they find the woman's dead body buried in the sand at the beach. Well, they filmed the movie in Florida. And, there was, and the sand where they were filming at was a particular, um, particular uh, makeup of sand where... Um, it couldn't support uh, uh, like worms, like worms couldn't survive in the sand, but they needed worms to be crawling around um, on this dead body when they, when they unbury it. So being in Florida and being in an area where there's no worms, they had to go out and find somebody that was raising worms as pets. And they found in this old retirement home, some guy who was, who was raising worms and through a lot of finagling, got the guy to let them borrow, I think it was 21 uh, worms for this scene, under the strict rule that every single worm would be returned to this guy. Well, they're shooting in the middle of the night, in the sand that won't support um, the life of the worms, and they get done with the scene, and they're scrambling around in the middle of the night looking for 21 worms to return to this guy. They spend a good couple hours looking for the worms, and they only find 20 of them, and they don't know what to do. They're looking around for the fourth worm, or the, the last worm, when um, one of the crew members, out of pure frustration and being extremely tired, um, took one of the worms and cut it in half and said, there you go, <laughs> there's the 21st worm. So you get a lot of great stories like that within the commentary track that... Just don't listen to the commentary track. Listen to the wonderful, beautiful dialogue that happens in Color Me Blood Red. Such great lines as um, the newest pickup line, How what I'm going to use to get a woman's bikini top off, which is, why don't you take that thing off? It's making me nervous. 
<laughs> I'm using and it. That's right. <laughs> I guarantee it'll work with the ladies every single time. There's other great lines like, Holy bananas! It's a girl's leg! It's probably one of my favorites. Um, the, so the movie's fun, it's crazy, it's zany, it's typical Herschel Gordon-Lewis um, madness. Always lingering way too long on the gore shots every single time. And spoiler alert for the ending, just to let you know, I'm going to let you in on the ending right now. The, the maniac artist killer gets shot in the face by a shotgun, and as he dies, he makes his way to a blank canvas so that his bloody head will die right on the canvas for his final piece of art. So that's my pick for Insane's pick for this episode. Oh, there me. Blood. Blood. Red. Red. And, <laughs> and we say it that way because of the, the trailer for it. The trailer is the trailer's probably even more awesome than the movie because, yeah, they say it like that. The title of the movie, and they say it like forty thousand times in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, forty thousand. Yeah, really. Awesome. So that concludes another episode of Attack of the Killer podcasts. Yeah. So did we um, exercise some personal demons tonight? Get over some phobias? Did we, we face our fears. It up. <laughs> yeah, definitely I think, stirred it. I think I have more fears at the end of the show than I did when I started. I do like this episode because not only was it talking about horror movies, but everyone also got to learn a little bit about their favorite podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> and how truly messed up in the head we all truly are. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for being on. Good show, guys. Ooh, Mental thanks. High, high yes. fives across the board. And also thanks, everybody out there, for listening. Don't forget to go um, to prescribed to HalloweenApalooza.prescribedfilms.com. That's right. Uh, check it. Check out. Check out all the amazing things that are happening at Halloweenapalooza Five, and hopefully we will see you there at Halloweenapalooza Five. Uh, any other final thought, thoughts from anybody? I do have one thinking lot, side note here. Um, the final season of How I Met Your Mother is supposed to be hitting on DVD here soon. Um, but Jason. Yeah. I'm pissed. Why now? Because <laughs> they're doing a complete box set of all seasons yeah. that, con that contain deleted bonus material scenes, including an alternate ending to the final episode that you oh. can only get in the complete box set. Ah, ha, ha, ha. And I see spoil anything, I'll murder you. Oh, I won't. But I, I will I'm going to spoil this one thing though. Um, it doesn't have anything to do doesn't have anything to do with the final episode though. Um, and I won't I won't literally spoil it, but I did see leaked online one of the um, one of the deleted scenes from this from the series that's going to be in this box set and it is a scene that explains where the pineapple came from. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, see, I saw someone posting that, but I didn't oh, look at it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you finally learn where the... So I'm ticked, because I've bought every single one of these uh, uh, DVDs separately, and now I have to buy... And it's only on DVD. There's no Blu-ray Blu release. I can't rationalize it by saying, oh, I can buy the whole complete set on Blu-ray, because I bought all the other ones on DVD. No! <laughs> Stupid. That's how Hollywood makes its money, man. You know what? Hollywood can go suck a 
<laughs> well, you knew full well there'd be a complete series set at the end. What did you expect? <laughs> That's fine, but to but to exclusively only have a lot of that box material on just the box set—that's what ticks me off. Because I was an idiot and I bought every single season that mm-hmm. it came out. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that concludes another episode of the Ticket Killer Podcast. Thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you again soon. Well, we won't see you again soon. This is audio, audio, not video. So. Um, we will listen to you soon. Wait, you're listening to us, so that's not going to work either. Um, bye. Oh no, could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack of the Killer.